The White Worm is fully haunted by Jason's ghost. He literally died there. Oh, fully. Um, so, I mean, maybe they're just like, you know what? We didn't even want the White Worm. <laughs> exactly. They're like, yeah, actually, we're, we're happy we're not in the White Worm anymore. That place is haunted. Subscribe Hello and welcome to our Riverdale podcast brought to you by the Aficionados Podcast Network. My name is Robin Jeffrey. I'm a 23-year-old actor and filmmaker from Alberta, Canada. I like rooting anti-heroes and feminist agendas, and I have way too much knowledge regarding details that no one else remembers. I run at the 100 script on Twitter. You can follow me personally at Robin E. Jeffrey pretty much everywhere. If I had a speakeasy, the password would be Dr. Witchcraft! God, we have the same brain, and you'll find out why in a minute. Okay. My name is Brittany Ray. I'm a 29-year-old writer and TV critic from beautiful post-apocalyptic Vancouver, BC. I like badass moms and long naps. I'm on Twitter at Britannia, where I can be found attempting journalism and talking about my cat. And if I had a speakeasy, the password would be Yekaterina Petrovna Zamolochikova. So, right, but, her, but your dad just calls her Katya? Yeah, my dad does yeah. just call her Katya, yeah. So uh, what's the time on that one? Uh, less than a minute before we started talking about... Uh, <laughs> Well, <laughs> for anyone confused, my password was a quote from your password. Yeah, from my drag queen. Oh boy. So, uh, welcome back to the pod. <laughs> Nothing has changed from last Brand. week. Today we have words to say about episode 303 of Riverdale, as above, so below. Yes, which is a 2014 American thriller film, and it is presented as found footage of a documentary crew's experience exploring the catacombs of Paris. You said that you saw this movie. I did. Um, would you say that there are any parallels to the episode? Um, no, not at all. Okay. Yeah, that, I mean, that's usually how it goes, right? Yeah. Thoughts from listeners? We have a couple. Yeah. So, once again, uh, honorary aficionado Sam has written in with some cool stuff. Next uh, episode... Sam will be joining us for the entire episode of the whole Team Adults gorgeous thing. I have to say I am very <laughs> pleased with the fact that there is a hiatus because that means that that gives me time to come back to Vancouver so we can watch it together. I'm so excited for all of these things. Like, the grin on my face is gigantic. Praying to the Riverdale gods that we'd be able to be together for that episode. And the Gargoyle King was like, yeah, okay, you can have this. Sure. Yeah. What do we name him again? Uh, we named him Dairy Queen. Dairy Queen. Mm -hmm. Right, 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 right. Yes. Um, so anyway, Sam, who is at Sam Casey C, said that the name Warden Norton, which we thought was dumb because it's hard to say, is the name of the warden from Shawshank Redemption. Okay, you thought it was dumb. I didn't have an opinion. Oh, I still think it's dumb. I think we're dumb for not getting that. I've never seen Shawshank Redemption, so I don't feel dumb. I just think I am uh, ill-informed. I think I've seen Shawshank three times. Mm. It's a good movie. There seems to be a lot of parallels from what I'm hearing. The, I think that's why you should watch it. Like, we can watch it together. I think you'd like it, actually. It's a good film. Like, it's a really good film. Okay, sweet. Yeah. But another thing, with them being all like Shawshank Redemption, all the stuff about that, Archie's not in Shankshaw Prison. <laughs> yeah, I don't... <laughs> I don't know quite, like, what they're doing, but yeah. the parallels are very obvious. Um, another cool thing that Sam brought up is that she thinks Mad Dog is a werewolf. Explain. Uh, that's what she said. She had a theory. She, or, like, a, you know, just a wish or whatever. That he's a supernatural creature. That Mad Dog is a werewolf. Um, I like that. Yeah, I can't say that... 
I mean, at this point, I'm just like, will Mad Dog even exist from now on? You know, like, will he I even? So. Do, will we ever see him again? I don't know. Um, I don't know if he'll be a big enough character for him to have an arc about him being a werewolf. But I'd like that because I want to support Eli Gorey in all of his future endeavors. Yeah, I hope, you know, like, Supernatural or not, he comes back. Yeah. Uh, and mm-hmm. we have another listener thought yeah. from my friend Nadine. She's at Nadine Sedan on Twitter. And she texted me, she texted me her thoughts about Riverdale every week, and she blew my mind with this one, which is something that I think is so obvious that we didn't even think of. Mm -hmm. Also, I think Mad Dog agreed with Archie publicly in the yard because he wanted to stop being the warden's Mad Dog and knew that if Archie did this, then the warden would tap him. And it was kind of like a self-suicide because he was done with being inhumane and being an animal of the warden. I think that's genius. Can you explain that to me more? Can you can you further explain that? So like Mad Dog saw that Archie wasn't going to listen to him and that Archie was stepping up and he was like, okay, this is my opportunity to get out. I don't have to be Mad Dog anymore. He's going to be. So do you think Mad Dog knew that he was going to be transferred slash killed? Question mark? I don't know. I don't know about the self-suicide part, but I think he knew that there was an opportunity there to stop being Mad Dog. Gotcha. So if Mad, Mad Dog was like, Oh, the reason why I was tapped in the first place is because everybody listens to me, question mark. Yep. And so if everybody listens to Archie, then maybe Archie will be the new mad dog. But it's weird to me that now we see like what the duties of the mad dog are and Mm. it has nothing to do with people listening to you. Yeah, I think maybe it has to do with like emotional and physical strength. Right. And another thing is that mad dog was never, at least, you know, we had him for like an episode and literally that's it but he was never like bloody or anything he was never beat up oh yeah that's a good point well maybe he was just that oh no i think i think mad dog was doing something else too maybe yeah tutor boot brit honestly like i'm i'm a firm newt here Mm. what do you how about you yeah i'll give it a toot every episode i'm just i i'm like thrilled to have a new episode honestly like every single time. Oh, that's time. totally So fair. I'm like, you know what? Sure. I can't say that any of the episodes so far this season, although all of them have been fantastic story-wise, like I'm very, very, very invested. None of them have been like a shoot or anything for me. I'm, you know, just in toot, ca- uh, toot territory at this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. It's like, they're not, they're n- none of them are boots. No. My newt is close to a shoot. Like I enjoyed the episode, but like, or not close to a shoot, but close to a toot. Yeah. Um, I enjoyed the episode, but to me, it kind of felt, it, it was a really rushed episode, Mm. and I think they could have taken their time more with it, like, the editing especially, none of the scenes could breathe, and that was really starting to get on my nerves. I'm fully prepared for next episode to be a shoot, though, and if it's not, I'm gonna be really bad. Yeah, I'm also prepared for that to be a shoot. Yeah. So we did notes half and half this episode. You did all the bughead <laughs> stuff and I did Veronica and Archie. Um, so <laughs> let's do the thing that we are least interested in, which is Archie. Yes. We'll start with him. Dude, I have to say though that doing, like I said before, I'm really interested in Archie's storyline, like without having a girl to woo. And on the same coin, I'm very interested in Veronica's storyline without a some random dude, you know, <laughs> without some dude. So I, as much as I love Varchie and I think they're great and, you know, they're fine. I'm not, I don't dislike their ship or anything. I really like them separately. Yeah. I was actually going to say like a revelation that I had while I was getting ready for bed last night and I was sort of going over sort of my thoughts <clears throat> on the episode. I really liked Archie in this episode. Yeah. That never happens. Yeah. 
I almost always hate Archie, but in this episode, I was like, yeah, dude, like, I, I'm on your side on all of these things. I'm interested in your storyline. Like, your emotional journey is interesting to me. For the first time, I feel like I like Archie again. Archie is all about women. He's all about women. And I love not seeing him all about women. You know, I love women too. But um, it doesn't always have to be about a love story. Yeah, I think for Archie, it's just like, they really moved him from one relationship to another. So all we saw was relationship drama with him. Yes. That got exhausting because he's not very good at relationships. Yeah. I mean, look at the way he treated Val. Yes, exactly. You know? And, you know, and then he and the Betty kissed and then just he and Veronica are very sexually active for two 16 year olds. So much. So, but I mean, same goes for Bughead. So I don't know. I think it's not that I don't like Archie around women. It's that like, I just think Archie needed something different to do that wasn't him, like, going up against Jughead and randomly starting, like, gangs to fight the serpents. Like, Uh a good plot line that wasn't stupid. Mm -hmm. Um, So starting in on his storyline then, the first thing we have is just, like, us learning that he's been in solitary confinement for a week. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, so yikes. Uh, I feel like solitary confinement would be tough, but I would probably nap through it. Yeah, can't relate. Um, I'm like, can I have a book? Can I just have a book? But I'm fine. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Fred comes to the prison and he's like, hello, I'd like to see my son. (laughs) And he's like, oh, well, that's too much for us. Uh, Lower your expectations. And the warden calls Archie a firebrand, and I didn't know what that meant. So I looked it up, and it means a person who is passionate about a particular cause, typically inciting change and taking radical action. And you know what? That's exactly what Archie is. That's a compliment. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Totally. And he's like, oh, well, yeah, he can't have any visitors because he started a riot. So so I'll choose when he can have visitors again. And Fred's like, well, um, I heard from some, like, eyewitnesses, which is, like, what, Veronica? Literally. Yeah. Literally just Veronica. That um, your dude well, started that. Ronnie, Cheryl, Josie, all of them. Right. But, like, we have seen Fred, like, conspiring with Veronica about this. Ah, uh, yes. Yes, of course. Of course. Of course. Yes. Um, and he's like, you'll be hearing from my lawyer, who I assume is everyone's lawyer, Sierra McCoy. That's a very fair point. Wait a second. His lawyer is his wife. Duh. You know sorry. what? That's smart, though, because if Mary came after me, I'd be terrified. Yeah, true. I also want to point out, I'm pretty sure it's illegal of the warden to do that. No, I agree. I mean, I, I can't say I'm a, an expert on any of this stuff, but it seems kind of garbagey. Yeah, it doesn't seem legal. Yeah. They tell... Archie in the next scene that he's going for a ride, uh, uh, quotations, quotations. Do you think that this like pit or whatever is at a different location going for a ride? Or like, was that just a, um, a matter of speaking and he's just going to a different part of the prison? I think maybe it's on like the other side of the prison property. Gotcha. Yeah, totally. Um, and I noticed that they put a hood on him, but it wasn't a black hood. It was a brown hood. Stop. Really? Yeah, it's just a brown hood. I mean, it's not the same because it doesn't have like eye holes, obviously. Mm-hmm. But like a hood was put on his head. A hood. I love it. And it's the pit. Um, and it seems to, it's like very, like, is this not exactly what dog fighting is, but with people? Yeah. Like, you just put dogs in a pit and you say, fight, please, for people's entertainment. Um, yeah. And they are in a swimming pool. Oh, yeah. If they're in an abandoned swimming pool, then where is this? Like, I wonder, and this is just me, like, making things up, but, like, I assume that Leopold and Loeb Detention Center, like, is supposed to, if they have a music room, yeah, I they think, like, a pool. 
a pool might be a thing that they might have had and maybe you know it's like in disrepair and he and the warden is always like saying to whoever like the board or whatever is being like oh you know we'll get it fixed but unfortunately we just like don't have the funding right now but he's actually just like putting it off so he can use it as a fighting pit yep yeah so the past three weeks it's just weird that you know they're like oh oh so yeah it's been three weeks i took it as him being in solitary confinement for a week because they said or we'll give you another week but i guess like that still makes sense with after it being three weeks yeah oh my gosh no wonder archie is hallucinating his father oh yeah oh yeah he's Um, been on his own so instead since they were like off a mad they didn't have a mad dog they didn't have an archie he's like i guess i'll just pick joaquin not because he's tough because he's a little wuss <laughs> oh poor Joaquin! <laughs> but because he knows that of all the people in the prison archie probably cares about joaquin the most and i'm crying yeah he definitely has like a huge emotional connection to him right because he's the only person that he knows who also has like a connection to the outside that archie knows and jughead cares about him too right exactly you know yeah Joaquin's in rough. And Kevin definitely does. Yeah, exactly. Although, you know, I just wonder about Joaquin and Kevin. Like, did Kevin, I feel like Kevin didn't see Joaquin when he, like, came back for Riot Night. Like, was the last time that Kevin and Joaquin saw each other, like, when Joaquin stepped on that bus? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Um, hi, I miss them. I, I don't know. call them I can't remember. That would make sense. Did we? Joaquin is, like, probably what it's gotta be. Yeah. But um, the thing is, like, if if Moose and Kevin were ex- explored more, I think I would love them even more. Mm. But because they haven't, I do also miss Joaquin and Kevin. Because here's the thing. Is it's just, like, it's very clear that Joaquin and Kevin had a relationship that was consensual, that was, like, um, not one-sided. Like, they were on the same page. I mean, on the same page. Joaquin was definitely holding up a secret, but, like, not in their, like, relationship sense, you know? Yeah. Um, like, it started as that. But it, it grew into something that, like, they both really, really cared for each other. And that was really important. Exactly. And it seems like since that was Kevin's, for like, last real relationship, that he's probably, like, trying to find that exact same thing with Moose. And he's just not getting it because um, Moose isn't up for that. And Kevin kind of just has to accept that. I mean, and I think we'll see more of that going forward of whether, like, what the actual truth is about I'd like Moose. to. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and then Archie chooses to save Joaquin. I love a bromance. That was beautiful. I just love Joaquin. Like, honestly, like, at the end of the storyline or whatever, where Archie's just like, we're gonna escape, I'm like, that's stupid, but if Joaquin's in, then so am I. That is hilarious. I'm gonna <laughs> I'm like, with you. Whatever, if Joaquin's down, I'm down too. Yeah. So Archie goes into this, like, little gym area. Is this a gym for, like, all the inmates or only the fighting pit inmates? I had that question too. If it's for everybody, it's a very small gym. But, like, why do they get their own, like, I just, here's another question I have. Is, like, Archie doesn't, like, go back out into the, like, courtyard, right? He, like, we never see him go back out into the courtyard. So, I like, my thought is, oh, maybe the people who are in the fighting pits are, like, specifically sequestered away from the other inmates. But then, what the heck was with Mad Dog? No, I don't think they're sequestered away, but they must have, like, when the others have free periods, they're training. Gotcha, right. So they're just like, oh, not only do you have to fight in the fighting pits, but also, you don't get a free period. Exactly. Cute. Do you want to talk about the fighting pits and how that uh, parallels the 100 this season? Oh, yeah. Like, this season of the 100, or I guess last season of the 100 at this I point, um, in season five, Octavia had sort of a, a fighting ring 
where you go in and after you've committed a crime, which I, I think it's fair to say everyone in this prison has done. Yeah. Yeah. And you all have a battle royale and whoever is the last person standing is absolved of their crimes. So it's kind of the same kind of concept here. Last man standing gets, you know, to the victor go the spoils, basically. So would you say that this is a type of flattery is the sincerest form of, wait, copy, what's the word? Imitation. Imitation is the sincerest form of flattery or like, what do you think this is? No, I think this is just a common trope. Oh, okay. Yeah, this is I've definitely I've never like, seen another show that had a fighting pit in it. Oh, you no, know, this has definitely been done before. It's been done, I watched an episode of Star Trek yesterday with it. Oh. I mean, I guess it's just weird that they're doing it, like, at the exact same time. You know, like, The 100, like, just yeah. did it and you're on the same network? Um, okay. So, like, I'm hoping that if this is just, like, a one-episode arc and then, like, they never see them in the fighting pits again and it just becomes, like, a thing that happened one episode then i think it like might be a little homage to like this past episode or the past season of the hundred and i think we'll probably see it again to be honest with you yeah uh so we're going to meet uh three of archie's new friends Mm -hmm. one of them is named baby teeth yeah okay how do you end up with the name baby teeth well because he may not look like much but he leaves a mark but like how are you proud of that name I'm like, you know, who else have we seen from prison? War baby. So they're just like, yeah, um, people in prison, they just like have cool nicknames. Like, honestly, I feel like when they need to like name a new inmate or whatever, they just like have a bulletin board of like random words and they throw some darts. <laughs> You're like, who's getting this one? Yeah. And they're like, um, yeah, it's going to be, uh, um, Hey Bale McLeod. <laughs> hey Bale McLeod. Yep. Yep. That's what it's going to be. Why do I believe this to be true? If they came up next episode and said, oh yeah, the name's Hey Bale McLeod, I'd be like, sounds right. Be like, yeah, that, that that's exactly what I expected your name to be. This guy's name is Christmas... Ornament. Christmas Ornament. <laughs> no, it's literally, they look around for, like, objects. Literally. They're like, when they were naming Mad Dog, they like there was a dog in the yard, and they were like, hey, that dog looks mad. <laughs> like, I feel like they're like throwing darts at this board, and they're like, oh, you know what we should name the next character? Dartboard. <laughs> they're like, yeah! <laughs> they should. Like, one of them's gonna be like, like, arrow. Yeah. <laughs> because like, well, they saw... Throw, they saw... We throw arrows at the board. They saw a poster of arrow across the hall. Okay, literally. Yeah. And they're like, oh, yeah, that's a good one. Like no tea, no shade, but like a little, a little tea, a little shade, just, just, just it, like loving, loving tea and shade. So, um, uh, the other two people who are part of this, because I guess there's only five, is named Thumper, which I think is a great m- nickname. Yes. And, and so he's like, "Hi, my name's Baby Teeth. That's Thumper, and that's Peter." <laughs> and Peter's like, "Hey, I don't like nicknames." And Archie's like, "Hi, I'm Archie." And they're like, "Oh, cool. Is that a nickname?" And he's like, "Yes, actually, for Archibald." Yeah. It is a nickname. Yeah. My my parents gave it to me. Um, I also noticed that uh, they're in cell block A. Uh, a for Archie. I don't know. I'm just making things up. But the rules are that they have to go bare knuckles until knockout. The warden sells tickets and the guards place bets. And he's like, hey, what happened to Mad Dog? And then, you know, they get interrupted. And I'm like, but I want to know. So, but this leads to the, I think, more proof that Mad Dog is alive. Yeah. Oh, I think so, too. He could have very clearly just said, Mad Dog's dead. He's like, oh, yeah, he died. But he didn't. 
He, and he didn't even look... he died yeah. or he was, like, fully assassinated. Right. But it you definitely... I mean? I mean, we obviously know that it didn't happen the way that Golightly said it did. No. So Archie gets awoken in the middle of the night and I just have questions about these randoms who are buying tickets. I also have questions about that. Because some of them are, like, in suits and some of them... I'm like, what? I mean, it makes sense for, like, dudes in suits because you never know, like, what someone's weird proclivities are. Yeah. But I kind of wonder if they're associates of Hiram's. Mm, that makes sense. Yeah, Hiram, like, helps, um, advertise. Exactly. Uh, I also noticed that they have the same background actor in two different places, so, oops. Well, they better get that fixed. Hello, continuity. Why is this her twin sister? And if she is her twin sisters, why are they wearing the same outfit? They they're muscly. Yeah, I would say they're they're muscle boys. They're muscly guys. I'm like watching and I'm like, whoa. I, I mean, I don't. Is that real? What do you mean <laughs> is that real? No, I mean like I know it's real. I'm just saying like to people like it's just crazy to me that you can see all the muscles. You know, those are supposed to be I, inside. I love hearing an asexual try to describe muscles. <laughs> They're supposed to be inside. Yeah. And you can see is... them from the outside? That's yeah, kind of scary. That's that's how human bodies work, bud. Can't see any of my muscles. <laughs> Probably because you don't exercise. Well, I've been very um I have been very active these past two weeks. I completely believe you. I'm very tired. Yeah. Uh so he knocks out the dude with one punch. And Oof. that's boring. Apparently. Apparently. I find it entertaining, but Yeah. Maybe that's um, just me. Because I don't have to watch people punch each other, which I'm not yeah. interested in personally. Um, so Archie's sitting around and his hand hurts, obviously. And Golightly comes in and he's like, hey, winners get perks. What do you want for lunch? And he's like, I want pops. Do you think Pop like got that order and was just like, oh, that was Archie's order? I mean, maybe. And then he's like, cute? oh my gosh. Yeah. Archie, he's still around. But I feel like he would have told Ronnie. Totally, yeah. Maybe yeah. we just didn't see that, or maybe, you know, maybe that just didn't happen. Yeah. Um, but he decides that, like, he's going to share with everybody, because he's Archie. I love that little detail. That he's sharing? Yeah, because it, it shows that Archie actually is pretty damn smart. Oh my god, Siri, no! What? We didn't say anything, like, sounding like Siri. I think I said sharing. I said sharing. Oh, that's fair. So that might have been it. But anyway, she she can stop listening to me. Continue. I think it demonstrates that Archie actually is a pretty strategic guy. Yeah. Like, get everyone on his side, no problem. And so Archie's just, or no, Baby Teeth <laughs> was like, oh, like, was the warden mad that you, like, knocked him out so fast? And he's like, what? And he's like, oh, never mind. What? No. What? Oh, yeah, someone's saying stuff. Yeah. I don't know why every time Archie asks, like, an important question, they're all just like, oh, it's actually not in the script for me to tell you. Look away. It's a it's a mystery for later. Yeah. Archie is in the warden's office, and he's saying that the governor is hosting a fundraiser at Seaside. Seaside has been brought up before, and I think that they're talking about Seaside High, which is one of the high schools that, like, the serpents were supposed to be, like, bust to. Right, of course. So I think that's what they're talking about. Okay. Um, I just find that he is standing way too close to Archie, and I would like him to not. Uh, yeah, It. this scene is very uncomfortable. I'm like, this young man has already been manipulated by a creepy adult before. Can you not? Well, actually, many creepy adults. Hiram. Many creepy adults, yeah. Please, leave him be. I don't I even mean, like him that much, but I would, I, I would like to protect him in this moment. 
Archie's messed up for a reason. Yeah. Like, we give Archie a lot of crap, but he, like, he he's messed up for a reason, and it's because yeah. he's basically been emotionally abused by multiple people. He's been through a lot. Please protect him. Yeah. But what he wants is he wants him to be more entertaining, like, five or six rounds, you know? That's so many rounds. It's so many rounds, dude. That's they definitely have, more than two. They break their hands, like, every day or something. I don't know. I don't get how you can just punch somebody in the jaw without breaking your hand, personally. But I don't know much about breaking bones, I guess. Yeah, I don't either. Um, and then he mentions that, like, it's going to, like, satisfy their bloodlust or something. What is wrong with you?! You should not be the warden! Yeah, he really shouldn't be. I'm uncomfortable! If you want to see kids punch each other, go to a hockey game! Oh, she's right, and she should say it. Just go to a hockey game. The hockey- and the hockey kids aren't even doing it. Like, they're doing it- I mean, I guess they're kind of doing it for the same reason, because it's for the entertainment factor, but, like, you know, they're wear- they were- they're wearing helmets, they're wearing gloves, and they know that they're- and there's no, like, ill will between each other. Like, I don't know. I don't really- I don't know. I think that's Canada culture. I guess it is Canada culture. Because, like, hockey moms and, like, hockey lives, that's- that's totally us. Yeah. I mean, I didn't participate in it. I played soccer. I played softball. And we weren't allowed to fight in soccer. I didn't want to fight in softball. I wanted to fight so bad all the time. <laughs> you wanted to whenever, punch somebody? Whenever someone slammed me against the boards, I would deliberately try and body check them. Right. Oh my like, gosh. Or aim the ball at their faces. Because I was like, how dare you touch me? How dare you? So Archie's in his cell and he's kind of just like visualizing his dad. Like the first time you see it, you think like, oh, Fred actually like talked to his lawyer and got in. Like, that's crazy. This isn't really like the visitation space, but whatever. No, literally the minute it happened, I was like, okay, something's wrong here. Yeah, that's not right. And Fred talks about how he was like protecting somebody in a fight when he was little and, you know, he can really take a punch. But of course, this is like just his subconscious. Um, And he's a little crazy from being in solitary for, I guess, three weeks. Yeah. Yikes. Plus getting his head beat in multiple times. Yeah, so Archie's like, okay, well, let's do a show then. And so he's like, hello, please punch me. And he's saying it, like, loud enough that I'm just like, dude, you're in a swimming pool. Like, there's there's an echo. I bet they can hear you. Him <laughs> being like, punch me, make me bleed. Like, and they're in the shallow end, too, I noticed. No, are they? Yeah. Why is that funny? That's really funny to me. Wait, no... I'm pretty sure when I checked, they were in the shallow end, but maybe I'm wrong. Could be in the wow. deep end, but... It's amazing, like, what happens when people lie to you. It's like... Because I was like, yeah, they were in the shallow end, and now I'm, like, trying to visualize it in my head, and I'm like, wait. Anyway, I thought it was funny that he calls him... Like, he could call him anything to be a trash talker, but what he calls him is a wuss. Yeah, who says that? I don't know. I think well, I called Wa- I called Joaquin a wuss earlier, but that's because Archie called somebody that first and then got it in my head. Okay, so if you were going to insult someone when you're in a ring, what's the first, like, phrase that comes into your brain that you would use? Probably, like, oh, probably butthead for sure. No, if you can swear. No, I would still use butthead. Oh, alright. Um, mine would definitely be something, you're going to have to bleep this. Yeah. Mine would definitely be something along the lines of, like, chicken sh**, right? Like, if you think about a teenage boy, he's gonna say something like that. Mm. He's not gonna say what's, he's gonna say, come on, chicken sh**. Like, something like that, but, like, you know, some, something a little- f- You're really interested in chicken's butts. Oh my god, I've said- I've talked about chicken's butts twice now. Yeah. 
Maybe I'm just craving chicken. We weren't t- recording at that point, but Brin- I said, guess what? And she said chicken butt. So that's what the um, context for that joke was. Yeah. Yeah. Then he like wins anyway. And the dude is like, that kid is a star. And I'm like, please don't do this. That's It's so creepy. And I really, I know that he's not even in the scene, but I somehow blame Hiram. I really do. Yeah. Oh, 100%. Yeah, just something I, about this screams Hiram to me. This entire time, Hiram has, like, I want, all I want to say is Hiram is absolutely irredeemable. And that's... I love it. And that's not even, and that's not even, like, just, like, from this episode on. That's, like, always. Yeah. Since, like, 203, Hiram has not been uh, irredeemable, has not been redeemable. I don't know where the heck Hiram's gonna go. He, all he can do is go lower. But I kind of love that. I love that the show is leaning into that now. Yeah, exactly. They're like, there's no way that Hiram can be a good dude. Yeah. If they start going that way, I'm going to be like, I'm sorry, I can't. Yeah. No. And so Archie gets back to his cell and he gets a Mad Dog's old stuff. Uh, and the guy's like, hey, here, have some rum. And I'm like, he's a child. Yeah. So that's, cool. Uh, that's a That's a teenage boy. I think it's funny, though, that, like, Veronica is just like, we're not here corrupting minors. <laughs> and the warden's like, oh, I'm here corrupting minors for sure. <laughs> Smash got two. The one corrupting minors. He's like, I uh, corrupting minors is my specialty. I'll corrupt them in many different ways. Oh, he and Miss Crundy have so much in common. Aw. And he's like, oh, like, you're just getting started. And the label on the rum is Lodge label rum. And Archie feels betrayed by his previous lover, Hiram, and so gets angry and breaks things. Do you ever think maybe our our jokes about that are in bad taste because Archie's still underage? Um... You know, no, because I I know that we're not serious. That's true. But then we're joking about pedophilia, which is somehow worse. Yeah, but we're not making it about that. And at no point were we ever in- insinuating that Archie had more than a puppy crush on Hiram. Okay, that's fair. Which happens all the time. Yeah. So I feel okay about it. And I really do feel like... And, and also another thing is that we never insinuated that Hiram had... Uh, Recipro- reciprocated his feelings at all. Oh, of course not. Because it, it it's just a joke we have. Like, it's not something that's real. Exactly. Archie had, like, Archie admired Hiram for, like, the power that Hiram had. But I feel like, like, we were watching season two with our friend Claire, and she was saying, oh my gosh, it totally does make sense if you take, like, our lens, which was just pretend that Archie has a crush on Hiram, and everything makes sense, you know? Yeah. And I feel like this moment, especially, to me, like, before it's just like, yeah, like, Hiram... You know, you were loyal to him and now you're mad at him. But if you, like, think of it in the lens where it's just, like, Archie trusted him, you know, really liked him, thought he was, like, the coolest dude ever. And now, you know, he's the reason why all of this garbage is happening to him. That's why he's so upset. Yeah. Plus, Our, like, he's dating his daughter and he's been forbidden yeah. from seeing her. True. By him. Um, yeah. I have a question. I have an answer. Um, are there not others sleeping? Yeah, I was thinking that, too. Yeah. Um, I mean, I guess we're never going to get the answer to that question. I guess not. But Archie picks up The Count of Monte Cristo, and boy, is this like the most perfect book for them to choose. Tell me why. I would love to tell you why, but I have a question first. Sure. Do you think that 
Archie got the okay. Wait, actually, let me read you the let me read you the thing first, because then my question will make more sense. Okay. All right. So, The Count of Monte Cristo was an adventure novel by French author Alexander Dumas, completed in 1844. It is one of the author's most popular works, along with The Three Musketeers. The story takes place in France, Italy, and islands in the Mediterranean during the historical events of 1815 and 8. Uh, to 1839, the era of the Bourbon Restoration through the reign of Louis-Philippe of France. It begins just before the Hundred Days period when Napoleon returned to power after his exile. The historical setting is a fundamental element of the book, an adventure story primarily concerned with themes of hope, justice, vengeance, mercy, and forgiveness. It centers on a man who is wrongfully imprisoned, escapes from jail, acquires a fortune, and sets about exacting revenge on those responsible for his imprisonment. His plans have devastating consequences for both the innocent and the guilty. And it's a very good book. So my main question is, do you think that Archie got the idea of escaping just from finding the little pickaxe thinger, or because he knew... That Mad Dog put it in that book specifically because he knew, like, what the book was about. Um, no. I think he got the idea because he saw the pickaxe and he's also seen Shawshank Redemption. Gotcha. Okay. Because, uh, that's literally the plot of Shawshank Redemption. Cool. So, like I said before, with Shawshank Redemption, then, is this imitation, is this the most sincerest form of flattery? Or yes. is this just stealing? Yeah, no, this is a, this is a definite parallel. Okay, cool. Um, my next question is, did the guards not check Mad Dog's stuff before giving it to Archie? Oh my god, right? Um, I just feel like that was a bit of a misstep on their part. I feel like the guards are all kind of garbage at their jobs. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm just gonna throw that out there. Yeah. I feel comfortable shading those guards. You know what? I support you. Thank you. Um, in the last scene in this storyline, uh, he goes back into, like, the little gym area that they hang out in. Um, I'm just wondering why Joaquin is there if Archie took his place. Uh, I think he maybe only took his place until Joaquin was feeling a little better. Great. Um, someone save him, please. He hurt his little arm. Yeah, I feel like, uh, Archie's gonna have to fight Joaquin at some point. Oh, I'll be sad. That's yeah. going to be, like, great for Archie's, like, development, though. Yeah. Like, that's going to be great for his story. But please don't hurt Joaquin. Like, I'm just, I'm worried for Joaquin in that moment. Like, I'm really, at this point, like, Archie's like, I'm not a killer. I would never hurt somebody. But, like, is he going to get so much into the entertainment factor that he, and and we've also seen that, like, Joaquin isn't very good at taking punches. His whole thing was, like, I'm the sneaky spy guy. I'm going undercover with Kevin. You know, he is never the guy to take a punch. No. So please, like, I'm just, I guess I'm just worried that Archie's going to accidentally kill Joaquin if he goes too far. Yeah, I'm also worried about that, but I think the show will stop him just in time. Yeah. Because you know how it is. Yes, and Rob Rico is just beautiful. Please. And I think that'll lead to, like, a Joaquin and Kevin reunion. Oh my god, yes. Um, like, what if Kevin comes to visit Archie and he's like, who's that over there? Oh, oh! My heart. Oh, exactly. But basically he goes into the thing and baby teeth and co are just like, oh, like you put on such a show last night. Like I expected you to show up here with steaks and lobster. Um, And like, no, he got a TV, so he didn't get anything. Yo, I would be so sad if like he came in one day with burgers and then the next day nothing. I was like, but you put on a better show. Where's our stuff? He's like, oh, it was just for me. Yeah, sorry about it. Okay. And it's not a little pickaxe. Apparently, it's called a rock hammer. Yeah. But little pickaxe is more fun. Oh. Little pickaxe. 
there it is. Your next inmate name. <gasps> hey, little it's pickaxe. me, little pickaxe. Done. I literally think that's exactly what they would name somebody. Like, all of these are totally plausible. Yes. And so Archie's like, oh, I've just been reminded that there's a world out there worth getting back to. And he's like, oh, well, the only way we can get out is in a body bag. And he's like, no, none of us will happen. Well, that, that will ever happen to Archie, Joaquin, Baby Teeth, Thumper, and Peter. Disney characters, question mark? Oh, was just thinking that as well. That's the question I have. Uh, and then, yeah, they're going to try and escape. And Joaquin is in, so I guess I am also in. Yeah, I think Joaquin's tired of being in prison. And he's valid. Support him. I do support him. He wasn't even in there for, like, anything. Like, are we gonna get a reveal where he was, like, doing something more illegal than what he said? Because what he said wasn't that bad. What, that he was caught during riot night? Yeah, he was just caught during riot night. Like, what were you doing then? Oh, that's a good question, actually. You know? Yeah. Should we move on to the Veronica storyline? Yes. Cool. And then we'll do Bughead last because it's the most interesting. (laughs) Perfect. Okay. So, uh, Veronica is talking to Betty and saying that she's having a really hard time handling all of the bills for Pops. And she's using this, like, old-timey counting machine. And I'm like, maybe that's why you're having a hard time with the bills? Yeah, right? But, like, this is a whole thing. Like, there was this whole theory a while ago about how, like, Ridge, uh, Riverdale is, like, in the the oldie times or like in this like weird universe where it's, like, they're using all of these, like, old things and, like, the hospital looks like super old and they're wearing like old nurses outfits and all of these things but like all of their references and like some most of their fashion is like really modern so it's like yeah it's just like a weird vibe i was um watching an interview with the cast where they were answering the web's most searched questions mm-hmm. and one of them was what time period is riverdale set in and they all said we purposefully will like never tell you when it's set i mean like i support them but also like if you're gonna reference zach efron then like what well and they all have cell phones yeah Hmm. I, I like it. I love I love the anachronisms there. Uh, and that might be like a minority opinion, but I love how f-ing weird it is. That's like it's like oh like when is it? More like what dimension or like what universe is this in? You exactly. know. Exactly. And so she's like oh like I can't handle the bills and Betty's like oh well maybe if you like open the speakeasy then you'll be able to handle it because you'll like make more money through that. Like when is it going to be ready? Is it close? She's like yeah it is ready, but I was waiting for Archie. Oh, I feel bad for her here. So much of, like, the things that she's, like, talking about is just, like, oh, like, I can't wait to tell Archie. I can't wait for, like, Archie to be here for this and everything. And it's just, like, yeah. Like, Betty says, like, this isn't what Archie wanted. Like, you can't put your life on hold. Yeah. Josie and Kevin show up to Pops to go into the speakeasy. Mm -hmm. And to go in, you need to dial 642. So I thought that this was going to be a whole thing, like, um, you know, in Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix... Yeah, 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 yeah. Harry and Arthur go to the Ministry of Magic using the visitor's entrance. And the way you do that is you get into a phone booth and you put in, like, a specific... I don't have the numbers memorized. But when you take a look at it, that spells out on, like, with the numbers, the word magic. Mm -hmm. So when he said dial 642, I thought, that's... It's got to be something like that. Mm -hmm. But gosh knows, um, I can't... I can't make a word out of those... I can't make a word out of that, out of those letters. I think 642 is some kind of significance. Like, I mean, 42 is supposed to be, like, the answer to everything in the universe, that number. Yes. I think it's some kind of reference to something that we just don't get. Okay, well, if anybody else gets it, let me know. Like, I tried to, like, Google dial 642. I looked for, yeah, so I don't know, but. Yeah. If anybody does, please let us know and we'll talk about it in the next episode. Yeah. 
But he's like, what's the password? And Kevin says, Stonewall? Ugh. Like, first of all, why would he guess that? Yeah. But second of all, shout out to Kevin for making all the young gays go Google what Stonewall is. Because I'm so sure so many of them don't know. Mm-hmm. But then Reggie says, ah, close enough. So what is it? So- yeah, like, how is that in any way close? Yeah. Reggie's, like, looking in between the little hole thing. And when they come in, Kevin says that he's in Candor and Ebb Heaven. Uh, Candor and Ebb were two, like, songwriters, musical writers. And they wrote Cabaret, Chicago, the musicals, and then New York, New York, the song mostly known by Frank Sinatra. So it makes sense. Basically, what he's saying is, this place is jazzy as heck. That is exactly what he's saying. It's called La Bonne Nuit, which means, in French, the good night. Oh. Yes. Okay. Uh, As far as Google tells me. So if I'm wrong, let me know. But I'm pretty sure that's what it means. And she's saying, oh, like, we're only doing mocktails because no corrupting minors yet. Yo, I love this idea, by the way. We're like, thank you so much, because this whole time we've been talking about it, we're like, you can't start a speakeasy, you're a child. Yeah. So, appreciating. But I love the idea of the speakeasy, like, just a place for, like, teenagers to go that is sort of, like, club-ish, but Mm -hmm. not quite. Yeah. Like, I think this is a really cool idea. And she says some of the serpents from the weight worm are gonna be bartending, so I'm like, bring back Hogeye. Bring back Hogeye. Oh my god. Uh, She's asking Josie to be their, like, resident singer, and she's like, cool, because I need to test my, like, new sound as a solo artist. So this is basically them being like, hi, you're never going to see Val and Mel again. Yeah, I was thinking that as well. Like, are they just gone now? Well, I know that I think Val is in a new show now, right? Oh, okay. And I don't know about Mel, but yeah, I'm thinking we probably, that's probably the end of them. So that's just Josie and the Pussycats, one of the most iconic Archie things. It's just gone. Now it's just Josie. Okay. Okay. And there's kind of this moment between Reggie and Josie. I'm like, where did it go? Bring it back. It's gone, fam. I'm sad. Well, then why did this moment exist? I'm mad. Anyway. <laughs> um, She's like, Kevin, do you want to be our MC? And he's like, sure, but sometimes I get to sing. And I'm like, yes, Casey. Get yes. Because he's, so, he's so good. He's so good and they don't let him sing enough. No. He was the director of the musical. Let the boy sing. Yes. Um, and so then they get, like, a call from Pop. I love how they, like, don't get any outside calls. Like, if that phone rings, it's just Pop. It's Pop. It's always Pop. That's cute. And Penny Peabody's upstairs! That's less cute. Goodness gracious. But I think it's funny, because when we go up there, we notice that Penny literally has already finished her chocolate shake. (laughs) So I guess she finished the chocolate shake, and Pop was was like, ooh, yikes. And then she's like, oh, can I talk to Veronica? And he's like, ugh, now I'll call Veronica. Okay, or... Which is funnier. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. He called Veronica and Penny was like, shoot, I have to drink this really fast. So yeah. she just knocked it all back immediately. Yeah. Sure. Either way. Yeah. Um, and she's like, hey, like, I'm just, uh, I know that you got something cool going on down there. So like, if you want to pay us for protection, um, that'd be good. And she's like, I think, uh, I think no. Yeah. Uh, no, thank you. Um, the ghoulie vests are ugly. I liked it. No. Why didn't you like them? Because it's gross looking. That, it's supposed to be gross looking. Yeah, but the serpents look cool. They don't look gross. Yeah, but the ghoulies are like something darker. Yes, and I don't like them. Uh, all right. And it also says the word menace on the back. Like, I like... I, something cool about the serpent jackets is it's just like, here's our logo, bam. This is our logo, this is who we are. I do find it interesting that the ghoulies one is just like, hey, put patches on this, write words on it. You know, it's more, it's messier. They, yeah, they have no sense of uh, branding. But I think their logo is ugly. Okay. 
Okay. Um, so Veronica goes and finds Shoni, and she calls them President Blossom and First Lady Topaz, which is just, like, genius. I'm nuts about this. Ooh, something that I noticed is that Tony is also wearing a crystal necklace. Just oh, like a lot of um, crystal necklaces this season. Just like Alice and Polly, and Evelyn, obviously, I think she also wears one. But Tony is wearing a crystal. Off? Maybe. Hmm, I'm it, suddenly concerned. They've done that sort of thing before. Okay. Um and she's like, hey, we're trying to spread the word of the speakeasy. Um, and wow, if you guys advertise for me, you guys don't have to pay the cover. And also you'll get free drinks. This is called influencer marketing and it's genius. If if somebody came to me and said, hey, here you go. Especially if it's mocktails. Yes. Yeah. Those are delicious. I'd be like, okay. But also, can we talk about how before Ronnie came up, they were just doing like a little Shoney photo shoot. Oh my gosh, yes. Like, Tony just wanted to take pictures of Cheryl in the throne. Like, oh wait, the ooh, oh, actually we're not there yet. Yeah, this is just the part where they're just sitting. Oh, sorry. I was like, I was like, no, I'm pretty sure I wrote a note about that. And then, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah okay, right. okay, cool. Okay, cool. Um, the invitations are very good quality, good quality car- card stock. So thanks so much. That Art Deco, though. I appreciate Cheryl appreciating um some good stationery. Yeah. And there's valet parking. Sure. Is that just that that has has got to be just for the opening? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> They're just like, hey, welcome to Pops. We have valet parking here. It's like really because this is a chocolate shop. Yeah. Oh, and uh, Veronica says, oh, hey, just like give them out to whoever you want, but make sure Sweet Pea and Fangs are there. I'm like, I mean, thank you, but why? It seems that they're kind of like doing security when we get there. It seems like she's kind of like talking to them about security and stuff. But like, I, uh, I think a strong listen, serpent presence is important. There are like three or four different instances in this storyline where they like talk about Sweet Pea and Fangs. They say, oh, yes, like Sweet Pea and Fangs think this. Make sure Sweet Pea and Fangs are there. Oh, oh, like, oh, my gosh, Sweet Pea and Fangs were right and everything. And I'm just like, you're doing a lot of talk. Put your money where your mouth is. Show me Sweet Pea and Fangs. Yeah. Listen, they were in this episode, but they didn't say very much. In fact, I don't think they said anything. I barely noticed they were in this episode. They just talked about them. Also, I've decided that I'm going to start calling them SPF. Oh, done. I like wrote down, I, I was like doing my notes and I wrote SP and F and I was like, wait. Genius. You're like, wait, did I just do something here? <laughs> so that's good. They do a whole lot of talk, but they need to show more sweet pea and fangs. So they get... They're in the speakeasy, and they get these boxes in the mail. Mm-hmm. And it's, like, three different packages of just a lot of jingle jangle. That and was I'm like, wild. dude, like... But I'm also like, oh, that's expensive, right? They're just giving that away? Apparently. Oh, I, I do have a question, though, about this. Oh, is it, why is Reggie shirtless? That's literally what my question was. No way! Yes! I also don't know. Why is Reggie shirtless? I didn't. I don't understand. Do they not have air conditioning? And then when Minetta comes down, he's like, "Oh, I'm inexplicably wearing a shirt now. Where did I get it? Who knows?" Like, are we supposed to be thinking something's going on between Reggie and Veronica on screen as well as off screen? And off screen, I love. Listen, Reggie and Veronica was like when I was like reading the actual comics. Mm-hmm. Like that was my ship. So like same. I'm thrilled. Yep, same. I always thought that they were a good match. Agree. Because they were both spoiled brats. Yeah. Um, also, she calls him Reginald. Which is hilarious. So cute. Love that about them. Um, and then they get another call from Pop. Pop phone. Pop. Fo- uh, the pop. The pop oh, line. Come on, man. Pop line. Yes. Um, that Minetta's here. And so they're like, uh-oh, we gotta hide it. We've been set up. 
And he's like, oh my god, my mom would kill me. Her name is Melinda. You may recall her. But he, like, literally used to deal Jingle Jangle, so... That's the thing that I'm having a hard time with, actually. It's like, Mm. Ronnie has him in there, and she's like, we're running a legitimate business. And I'm like, you have a legitimate business with a kid who was dealing drugs? Cute! Like, what logic is that? I love that. And then Reggie just drops it all on the ground because he's Reggie. I love this type of Reggie. I love this Reggie. I don't love always making boner jokes, Reggie. This is the yeah. Reggie I love. Thank yeah. you. Slapstick Reggie, thanks. I'll yeah. take him. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's taking over from what Jughead's supposed to be. Jughead's supposed to be the slapstick. He is supposed to be the slapstick. The fact that he's not is so sad. He's so dramatic. Make yeah. it Reggie. I'm into yeah. it. I'm fine with that. Um, so he's like, hey, it's time for an expect- inspection. And she's like, um, oh, we already got all our inspections done. And he's like, oh, well, let me m- make up one right now. Uh, <laughs> Could I be more of a crooked cop? Yeah. <laughs> and so he comes downstairs and now it's like boxes of napkins, right? How did Reggie do this? Where did they go? We never get the, like, <sighs> listen. We don't get told. I'm just like, this would be genius if we saw where he put them. Yeah. Like, I have a... Listen, I love that he made it work and everything, but, like, it really feels like a cop-out, honestly. If you're just like, oh, no, we've put this giant, like, problem in, and then it's just like, what was the solution? Who knows? Yeah, but it's Riverdale. Things don't have to make sense here. No, totally. It's just annoying. Oh, okay. I appreciate that it worked out for them, but where did you put them? Also, but Mm. Manetta didn't look very well. No, Manetta's garbage at his job. He literally just came down and was just like, hi, so I was just, uh, I'm the next person to come down here asking you for, for, uh, uh, bribes. Bribes? Money? Well, I mean, Manetta knew it was down there, right? Right. So. Cute that Reggie, like, salutes him when he leaves, though. Yo, that made me laugh. Bring, like, this is the Reggie I want. Keep him, and also put him with Veronica. Thanks. Yeah, I can find that. Archie's like, oh, Reggie, like, you have to take care of the bulldogs. And he's like, got it, I will, and I'll also take care of your girlfriend. Bye. Oh. The scandal. <laughs> and I'm like, Veronica has already said how many bills she has. She can't afford to pay the ghoulies and Manetta. Which is what Hiram wanted. Exactly. And he's like, oh, both of them work for Hiram. She's like, you're right, but I need to be armed for my confrontation. I so love- what does she do? I love her. She goes to the gays. She goes to the gays. Listen. We get stuff done. So I have a bit of a theory here. Ooh, I love theories. It's it's a very small theory. I don't think it'll go anywhere or anything. It's just kind of like a little thing. But Veronica's walking up to them in like this little in the little like trailer park park that they have, right? Uh And her heels are fully just going into the dirt. Makes me laugh. It's not very graceful at all. No. And so it makes me wonder why they did that. And I'm wondering if maybe it just is showing that she doesn't really belong in this sort of place. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly what they were doing. But it's just interesting to me that it's very small because she doesn't re she doesn't play it like that. Cammie doesn't. No. She's just like, hello. Yes, I'm here. And I'm like, you're not going to talk about how your heels are falling into the ground. I think they want Veronica to, to like appear strong even though she's like holding on to like you know that symbol of femininity i guess right so like you said before tony's like taking pictures of cheryl and stuff they're having a cute little photo shoot and veronica calls them serpets i love that i love it i love everything about cheryl and tony getting to do more stuff yes and she's like hey where's jughead and she's like oh true detective's probably out canoodling nancy drew great (laughs) she's a genius i love her um and she's like hey i need blackmail 
And they're like, cool. Well, we're the ghoulies are in the white worm now. Kind of a stab in the back. I hate it. Um, but SPF thinks that it's a jingle jangle lab. And I'm like, hello, um, I would like to hear that from SPF. And I would like to know where they got their theory and how they figured it out. I just want to know more about them. Thanks so much. But also, I just want to say for the record that I predicted that they would end up in the white worm. And you I sure right. did. You sure heckin' did. Good job. Yeah. Um, my next note is stop blabbing about them and put your money where your mouth is, which, you know, I said before. But um, 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 t- you don't have to just talk about them. I'd love to see them. Thanks. Okay. Tony's like, oh, yes, I used to bartend there, even though you're a teen. And so she knows all the little hidey holes. I love that a place like that would have hidey holes in the first place. Yes. Oh, totally. Yeah. But also I'm like, cool, like, it's nice that you're in the white worm and everything, but the white worm is fully haunted by Jason's ghost. He literally died there. Oh, fully. Um, so, I mean, maybe they're just like, you know what, we didn't even want the white worm. <laughs> exactly. They're like, yeah, actually, we're, we're happy we're not in the white worm anymore. That place is haunted. <laughs> Sucks to be the ghoulies. <laughs> no, thanks. Song that's playing is Jingle Jangle by the Archies. Fantastic. So uh, when Jingle Jangle in like 201, or I think it was actually 202, the Jingle Jangle started being a thing, came out, we were just like, oh, like, I wonder why it's called that. Google, Google, Google. Oh, it's because a song by the Archies is called Jingle Jangle. And here they are, full circle, playing Jingle Jangle by the Archies. I love that. I love it too. I love when they do obvious stuff like this. Like, I wonder, you know, there. I'm sure there are people who didn't know that Jingle Jangle was a song by the Archies. And so hearing this, they were just like, what? This makes no sense, huh? How did this happen? What a coincidence, you know? Like little Easter eggs. Mm -hmm. Uh, Veronica's wearing her signature sleuthing outfit. That sleuthing outfit, I like, you're supposed to be undercover. First of all, Camila looks amazing. So let's just get that out of the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She looks incredible. But girl, there's way too much skin exposed. Not for propriety's reasons, but if you're trying to be undercover, the, the darkness of the... Like, black against the paleness of the skin. Oh my gosh, you're right. And also, like, you're in a lab. Like, there, some of this, these chemicals might be corrosive. Yeah, bad camouflage. But I wanted to point out that last time she wore it, she was also with Tony and Cheryl. <gasps> oh my god, it's her sleuthing with the gaze outfit! Yeah. Oh, also, <laughs> I just keep saying also and adding things about this outfit. But um, I just, like, appreciated that she wore the same thing. Because it's just, like... Veronica wore her sleuthing outfit and was just like, now I have to go buy a new sleuthing outfit. I can't wear it twice for sleuthing. You know, I just appreciated that she was just like, this is my sleuthing outfit. Yeah, repeat wardrobe is actually really important to me because it sort of sometimes grounds an otherwise very unrealistic show. Totally. It totally is just like, this is a person. And also she's saying like, oh my gosh, like my bills. Oh, oh, oh. It's just like, she can't, af- maybe she can't afford to go buy a new fancy outfit. Exactly. Um, so seeing Veronica wear things twice is kind of important. Also, I love the contrast between the subject matter and the song. They, I think they've, yeah, they've definitely done that before and I like it a lot. Thanks. Oh yeah, I love when they do that. The thing that remind that uh, comes to my mind the most is when uh, Nick is like trying, literally trying to rape Cheryl, and Josie's like singing a happy go lucky song. Do you remember this? Yeah, she's playing. Isn't Josie singing milkshake? No. Is that it? No. That was from two o three when they're on oh, okay. top of Pops. Oh right, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and Cheryl is singing with her for that one. Right. So Veronica confronts Hiram, and he's like, "I don't know why you're like trying to make enemies of people who are trying to help you." And I'm like, I don't know why you're so freaking garbage. Like, where did he learn his parenting skills from? He's gross. He's just Maybe we'll find out next episode. 
Oh, Ooh, probably not. <laughs> um, but we can dream. We can dream. Um, and she's like, hi, like, I'm here to blackmail you. And she uses the phrase faster than you can say Heisenberg, which is a Breaking Bad reference. So that's that was good. I was like, is she going to get this? And then you did get it. I did get it. Thank you. I'm very proud of you. I not watched. Even, not even sarcastically. I watched a season and a half of Breaking Bad. Did you really? Yes, because Everett asked me to. Not your cup of tea? Uh, I just like had a hard time. I didn't. There was nobody for me to root for. I wasn't root, yeah. rooting for anybody because um, the main characters who I was supposed to root for were doing illegal things that I didn't support. And so, uh, so yeah, I just, if I don't have anybody to root for, it's hard for me to watch a show. Yeah. Breaking Bad is widely hailed as one of the best television shows of yes. all time. And I don't, I don't disagree with that sentiment. I'm mm-hmm. just going to say up front, I don't disagree. But I think that people often misinterpret Breaking Bad's meaning. It's supposed to be like him turning into a villain and you're not supposed to root for him. Yeah. And a lot of people misinterpret that to be like, yeah, like screw the law, blah, 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 blah. And I'm mm. like, the things that he does are not badass. The things that he does are horrific. Mm-hmm. You know? Do they not literally kill somebody and then dissolve them? Yeah. Like, when, like... He, when he's cruel to his wife, you're not supposed to cheer for him and say, yeah, Skylar sucks. You're supposed mm. to be like, holy crap, this man is emotionally abusing his wife. Yeah. But people don't really absorb that. But, so Heisenberg is a great thing to say to Hiram in, totally. in particular. Because you are Heisenberg. Yep. Hiram, you are a giant villain. Yep. I don't care if you have cancer. I mean, that's terrible for you. But still, you can't just, just use that as an excuse to be garbage. Yeah, it's it's the epitome of cool motive still murder. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so she's like, I'm going to take this to the police or whatever. And he's like, um... You know what? I don't think Manetta's gonna care. And she's like, good thing I'm not going to Manetta. I mean, did he really think she was that stupid? Right? <laughs> He's like, oh, good one, Veronica, but Manetta's under my freaking thumb. She's like, yeah, I know. We literally had a conversation about you sending him to shake me down. <laughs> literally. And so she's like, she's like, I'm going to the FBI. And he's like, I mean, obviously this isn't true, but he's like, I have someone in the FBI too. His name is Arthur Adams. Yo, I was thinking about that same joke. <laughs> but also, I mean... Friends, I know, like, it. I, I feel the need to clarify mm-hmm. that uh, Arthur Adams wasn't actually in the FBI, and no, no, no. Uh, and also he switched allegiances and went against the lodges, um, just in case somebody forgot. So really, like we clarify. could safely stand him. Wait, didn't he kill Andre? I guess that's true, but he, he didn't kill Andre, but he beat him up real bad. Wait, okay, is Andre alive? No. No. No, Andre died, but I can't remember exactly how. I th- was it Small Fry? I think it was Small Fry who killed okay. him. Because I thought it was a black hood, but it wasn't the black hood. It was... I'm pretty uh, sure it was Small Fry. Adam, Adam's dressed up as the black hood, right? Right. Then she's like, oh, also I want $10,000 a week because I can't pay my bills. Okay, I'm sorry. If you're shaking someone down, go for it. Go all the way. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And she says, you can go ahead and destroy that or whatever. Or like, no, you can keep that one because I have copies. Is this short-term fra- foreshadowing of, like, the copies of the script? Um, oh, yes. Oh, that was a good one, fam. Mm. Very short-term, very short-term yeah. foreshadowing, but still. So Shoni arrives to the speakeasy. Ugh, we love a power couple. 
I would like to say that I wish that we could have seen their relationship bloom more. Mm -hmm. Like we really just, we did a three month, I believe time jump. And um, we just kind of like jumped right to them being like together, together. And it would have been nice to like see more of their, of like the beginning, I think. It it definitely would have been nice to see Cheryl's journey towards like sort of learning how to be in a relationship with a woman. Yeah. Because it it is a journey, you know, it's Mm -hmm. not something you figure out overnight. Yeah. So it would have been cool to see that, but I guess they just weren't interested in exploring that. And they do, in fact, have valet parking. Yes, they do. That I did notice. Moose is in his RROTC outfit, and there are other people there who are in the RROTC outfits. I did notice that Kevin was not. Potentially, that's foreshadowing that Kevin's not in RROTC anymore, or it could be just that, like, hi, I'm the MC, I'm wearing something else. No, I think it's that, hi, I'm the MC, I'm wearing something else. And also, that uniform is ugly, and Kevin is all about looking good. Cheryl posts to her Instagram story, and I got a screenshot of when, like, her Instagram story goes to, like, the little corner where it's supposed to go. Yeah. And then, and you get to see a little bit of her her actual Instagram feed here. Um, Is it a real Instagram feed that anyone's running? I don't know, because you can't see her full her full, um, 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 URL. Wouldn't it just be Cheryl Bombshell? It, it looks like it is because, like, in the very last frame that I could see, so, like, that's the stuff that, that you're gonna see the most in, it ends with S-H-E-L-L, so almost certainly it's Cheryl Bombshell. I don't know if there's any underscores right in there or anything, but the last, but it shows that, like, the last thing that she sees is her, the picture that Tony took of her. So that's super cute. She, like, just posted that. And she has eight likes and four comments. And people who have recently posted stories are Josie, which looks like her username is the real pussycat. Veronica, which it looks like her username might be Veronica, but like Veronique, like like uh, like French I Q U E. You know what I mean? That's what it kind of looks like. And then it looks like Betty has also posted a story, and it looks like hers is probably just Betty Cooper. Man, I'm irritated because the, like, someone has the Cheryl Bombshell account. Yeah. And I think it's the CW, and they just don't use it. This is another reason why I think that this is supposed to be, like, a different dimension, different universe, is that, like, they're not using the usernames that they tell you that they have. Which they really should. They really should. That'd be dope. All they have is the Kevin's Wonder. And they don't use Cheryl's Twitter, do they? No, I don't think so. Oh, wait. So that's annoying. Anyway, so that's one of the screenshots that I got. Another, I got another screenshot too that I like edited to so I could see extra things, and we'll talk about that in the Bughead storyline. Okay. Cheryl calls Tony Babe. Mm. That's something okay, important. That to talk made about. me so happy. They're so they love each other. They are in such a good relationship. Um, then we got some Bughead stuff that we'll talk about uh, later. Um, but Veronica's talking to SPF, and Veronica touches. Sweet Pea, like she touches his arm. Mm-hmm. And I just want you guys to know that there's a huge following on Tumblr for Sweet V, which is the um, the ship name of Sweet Pea and Veronica. Oh. And I'm just like excited for them because that, I... was, that was good for them. Yes. She like touched his arm and I was just like, oh, the Sweet Vs are going to die. <laughs> the Sweet Vs? This is so cute. I didn't know anything about this. Oh, totally. I've like watched fan videos like people like they go off on the sweet v fandom oh all right yeah um so it seems like spf is um kind of 
being security. And I just wanted to point out that that was kind of that, like at the Sodale Gala, they asked the serpents to be security and they took offense to that. Yes, they did. So it's as soon as it's not Hiram, they're like, of course I'll help you out. Yep. You know, that's nice. Reggie tells Veronica that they have a problem topside. And I think that that is genius. The use of topside? Topside. Yep, that I is like that too. So smooth. Like it's I just it. slick. I love it. Um, and Hiram decides that he's going to gift Veronica the portrait, which I think symbolizes that like either like that he doesn't want it anymore because she has said like, I'm not your daughter anymore. And like, he, probably he looks at it and instead of feeling like pride over it and stuff, he's like now upset. Um, yeah. And also it totally potentially has a camera inside. <gasps> Robin, I didn't even think of that. You didn't? Oh my gosh. No. She's totally spying. She better not put that up. Also, I find it so weird. Like if somebody was like, oh, you have started this, like, speakeasy? Would you like to put up a giant portrait of yourself in it? I'd be like, no, that's stupid. Yeah, I would literally be like, I don't even like looking in mirrors. Why <laughs> I'd be like, would I look rather at myself die. 24-7? Yeah, exactly. I would rather die. <laughs> and so, like, I don't know. It just doesn't seem like something... I mean, I guess... If it's Riverdale Ronnie. told me that Veronica did that, I'd be like, I guess, but... Yeah, yeah. So, if Riverdale was like Ronnie's doing that, it'd be like, yeah, okay, that sounds like Ronnie. But I think if she does, then that's like almost certain Hiram spying on her. Oh, you just blew my mind with that, dude. Like a hundred percent. Yeah. Um. So yeah, there's like a French pop song playing in the background, which I think is cool because, you know, is a f- like the sprint the speakeasy is French. Like because it has France. A French name because France. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah. I think Lily was the one who tweeted that like we missed out on seeing Casey like mispronounce it a bajillion times. Yeah. I'm really sad about that because I would have loved to see that. Yeah. Um, Shoney are super cute. They like are just like all over each other all the time. And I love that about them. I love that they've included the intimacy and they aren't afraid to like show that off. Yeah. Um, it's very different from Moose and, uh, and Kevin. Um, yeah, totally. So yeah, Josie's coming up and everything. Uh, Sweet Pea and Fangs are cheering. They're like, yay. So like, is Josie's relationship with Sweet Pea still a thing? Or was that just like a, like, I don't even know what the point of it was if you're not going to bring it up again. Girl, I don't know. Whatever. Um, it, but it must be something. It's gotta, like, please just bring it back. Honestly, like, at this point, I just don't care. I just think Jordan deserves the whole world, so. Okay. Thanks. Um, Sweet Pea's very good at cheering, though, because <laughs> in 208, when <laughs> Lily was dancing, he was like, yay, woo, good job. Oh, yeah, that was funny. So everybody just like, if you guys need anybody to cheer, hire Jordan Connor. He'll do There you it. go. He'll do a, a substandard job. Kevin is like talking to Josie and being like, oh my God, I love your gown. And I actually like, this is kind of annoying. Oh, because he's a stereotypical gay guy saying, oh my God, yes, girl. He's like, it's like, okay, we get it. Like, I love the moments where like, he's like, do you remember in season one, I think when like, they're all like doing like manly, manly things and Hermione showed up and he was like, oh my God, I love your shoes. That was cute. But now it's just like, okay. The thing is that, like, this was not the time. At the time, he was like, I love your shoes. Fine. Yeah, yeah. That's, like, a totally regular time to, like, say, oh, my gosh, I love your shoes. But, like, you literally just, like, you're in front of a stage in front of a billion, a billion, like, a whole lot of people with a microphone on. Is this the time? Okay, he's gay. We get it, you know? Yeah. So. But I will say one thing in its defense, which is that we know that Kevin is a drag race gay. True. That's true. That's true. That's true. Yeah. He's just like, oh my god, just I like love us. your gown. It would have looked better on Shangela, but go off, I guess. Oh, why would you say something like that? <laughs> You're so hurtful. Sorry. Um, 
So she's singing Anything Goes. Check out the original. I love that for her. It's uh, a very old musical. And it's, of course, like a very slowed down version of it. Uh, what oh, happens in, on, in the musical is that it takes place on like this cruise ship type of thing. This dude falls for the girl. She's engaged. And so like the like jazz bar singer and like a couple other people like help him like win her in the end. Yeah. Uh, and that's what it's about. Uh, what the song is actually about is like what used to be scandalous is now accepted. Um, yeah. It's a very fitting song, to be honest. Totally. It absolutely is. But like I said, check out the original, like, go on YouTube, and, like, there's a whole thing about Sutton, and Sutton Foster sings it, and it's, like, so good. So check it out. Sutton Foster? Really? Yeah. At the, like, 2011 Tony Awards, I think. Yeah. She's so good. Oh. But there are, like, these dancers in the back, which are cool, (laughs) but, like, when I was watching it the first time, it really felt like, like, when I was watching it, I was like, okay, from a filmmaking standpoint... Watching, they didn't, watching just Josie wasn't interesting enough. You know what I mean? They had to add the dancer because otherwise it was just Josie singing. And we're used to seeing Josie in the middle of a trio. Right. Totally. Exactly. The song is, and the dance are very, very like sexual and Josie's in grade 11. So yeah, just wanted to point that last one out there. I would like to point out like, who the hell volunteered to be the background dancers where you can't even see their faces? Right. Maybe they're just screens. Yeah. So cool. Like, you know, like, like TV screens. Oh, I see. And then they like did that later and then, right. Hmm. That'd be interesting. You never know. Yeah. So later, uh, back at the Pembroke, uh, Hiram is just like, Hey, Veronica just wanted to say like, congratulations. Your speakeasy is really beautiful. And she says, um, you might say iconic. And I'm like, uh, okay. I'm like, I'm like, that's, I mean, like it's true, but you're not supposed to say that about your own stuff. Yeah, Exactly. Play it cool, dude. And so she's like, oh, like, I bet you moved your drug lab. And he's like, lol, what drug lab? Veronica must have known this would have happened. She had to have. I'm so confused. Because, like, after he says, like, oh, what drug lab? She looks kind of disappointed. And I'm like, you knew this was going to happen, right? I feel like maybe no. I'm like, what was your plan? I think just to keep him under her thumb for a while. Yeah. Anyway, I don't understand exactly what her blackmail plan was, but whatever. If she was smart, she would have had someone tail them. Right. Or just, like, keep those and then, like, don't tell him until, like, the very, very, very last second. You know? I don't know. Or just say, like, I have eyes on the bar now. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Brittany, would you like to talk about our survey? Um, yeah. We have a survey that is available to fill out that is all about you. And about us. It's basically, you fill it out, you tell us, like, what parts of the pod you like, what parts you think we can improve on, and then some stuff about you. And we would really appreciate that feedback, because it helps us make this podcast better. Yeah. And that's um, sort of permanently open, and it's on... Where Where can they find the survey? It's in the. It's always in the description of the Thank podcast. Thank you. Uh, we also have a Patreon. Our Patreon is patreon.com slash theafficionados. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N. And it's basically just a service where you can donate monthly to some of your favorite creators. And if we are included in that, thank you. Um, And yeah, that's where you can help us out. It helps us purchase like all of our, uh, our, it helps cover the the hosting fees, our hosting costs mostly. um, But a lot of other things too, it helps us be able to do all the cool things that we get to do. And we appreciate you guys so, so much, but it all goes right back into the podcast, especially now that we're going to be doing our uh, Sabrina podcast, as well as stranger things coming in 2019. We are really in need of that. So thank you guys so much in advance for your help. 
Yeah. Uh, Brittany, take it away on the bughead. All right. You ready for G&G? Yes. Yeah. Okay. First of all, I think the yeah. most important scene of the episode we should talk about. Luckily, because it's yes, first. of course. And it's FP yes. and Alice. Hashtag Phallus. Hashtag Snake yes. Parents. Hashtag Getting My Life. Yes. Um, I was kind of disappointed by this scene, though. Oh, yes, I agree. Yeah. I didn't hear what you said because Skype cut out, but I fully agree. Like, I, it was really hyped up from the trailer. Yes. And oh this, my gosh, totally. Yeah, this scene even is, from like the full, like not even like yeah. last week's trailer. Like No, the full the trailer. trailer. Yeah. So like everyone was thinking like this was going to be the big FP and Alice moment, you know, the big denouement, the them coming back together. It was a 30 second scene where they talked about murder. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I did like, so basically here's what happens in this scene. Yeah. The farm helped Alice open up to the possibility of their relationship in FP's words. Which, no. I don't know, I'm kind of iffy on that one, too. Yeah, I don't like that at all, actually. Yeah, um, I think the farm has helped Alice in some ways. Yeah. But I also think a good therapist could have also done that. Yeah. I noticed that, uh, so is this, it seems to me that in the trailer there is only one bedroom. In the trailer? Yes. Yes, it is exactly what you think it is. There's a poster for Rebel Without a Cause, and I think we know that Jughead likes that movie. Okay. When only FP and Jughead live- First of all, did Gladys and Jellybee not live there, and did they all live in that one tiny trailer? Where did they all sleep? Thank you. Um, but when it's only FP and Jughead, do they share that bed, or does one of them sleep on the couch? No, I think um, FP sleeps on the couch or something. Yeah. Or Juggy sleeps on the couch. Then you know what? I give them a shout out because if I always slept on the couch, I would fully just like leave my sheets all over the freaking place. But they don't. Yep. They put away their sheets every time, I guess. Yep. Yeah. But it also means that um, Bughead and Phallus have shared the same bed. But like everyone's saying like, oh my God, that's Bughead's bed. Like they did that first. And I'm like, that's FP's bed. It's his trailer. That's literally FP's bed. It was weird that Bughead were doing that in his trailer. <laughs> yeah. Like, sorry, but that's my opinion and I'm sticking to it and I feel like I'm right. We brought up his jelly bean tattoo last episode, but I also noticed that there's a tattoo on his back as well. Yeah, we only got a little peek of it though. Yeah, I'm not sure what it is because his serpent tattoo is somewhere else, question mark? Yes. Or would that be it? Yeah. No, we've, haven't we seen his serpent tattoo? It's on, yeah, it's on his arm. I feel like we have, but I don't... Oh, it's on his yeah. arm, okay. It's on yeah. the arm. Well, then I have a question. It's on the arm then under just, Alice. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Then I mean, my I guess my question is, what is his back tattoo? I it has to be. It I, I feel like we're gonna see it again. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Because Machen and Skeet implied that they have a scene like this a couple times. Yeah. So FP, I think this is so sweet. FP kind of is just like, "What are you thinking about?" And I'm like, "Why are you so soft?" That is actually really sweet. It was so soft. Like they're just laying there. And he's like, "What are you thinking about?" And she's like. Hmm, I think we're safe because nothing happened after what happened with Ben and Dilton. And he's like, yeah, but Jughead and Betty are on the case. She's like, oh, true. Yeah. And then cut to Jug and Betty in the bunker. <sighs> this is so morbid and gross. And Betty is just like, um, isn't it kind of gross that we're like here? I'm like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it is. So why? Yeah. It is. It is gross. Thank you for bringing that up, uh, Elizabeth. There's this like weird, like little pinup girl poster in there. I'm like, is that yours or was that Dilton's? Dilton's for sure. Why is that there? Why does Dilton even have a bunker? I mean, yeah, he was a survivalist, so that kind of makes sense. But so 
Betty is saying that Ben's death haunts her. Yeah, which fair. Oh, very fair. Seeing she was someone there. seeing him throw himself off, yeah. and she says the most unsettling thing was that Ben didn't scream on his way down. Yeah, that's dark. And she says. Do you think that was one of the rules? Can you not scream? And I was like, this is a really weird way to set up the discovery of the rule book. Yeah. Why would it be a rule that you can't scream? Like maybe it like gives away, like gives away your location or something. I don't know. I'm making. I think up. I think it's a clumsy transition. Let me know once you're done with this scene because I took a screenshot of the bulletin board and I like enhanced it and stuff and I've got a lot to say. I'm just about done. Okay, beautiful. Yes, that was my question. Continue. The only thing left in the scene is Jughead says that they need to find the rule book. There must be some yeah. kind of guide to the game. Yes. So tell me about your screenshots. Cool. Okay, so we've got, there's a lot on this bulletin board. And honestly, like, I want to give, they don't always, like, have it exactly right. But, like, shout out to the props department or, like, even the set deck department. Because Betty and Jughead always have these, like, crazy freaking bulletin boards and, like, crazy yeah just like uh crime scene things that like they just have to fill with stuff and so yeah. i just support them um so it looks like what we have is and some of it was a little blurry so i couldn't exactly see but we have a picture of ben dilton uh i was gonna say shannon purser um <laughs> uh ethel and also there's one down below of like the kid of, like, the little scout guy who I guess will never have a name. There are... There's, like, a, a thing of fresh aid that has Why This written on it. There's a page of... Like, you know how in Dungeons & Dragons, like, you, like, write down your page, like, to write down, like, what your character is and everything? Mm -hmm. yeah, 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 So there's one of those for Griffins and Gargoyles. There are a few, like, of these cards that, like, they picked up before, including the serpent one. Um, a lot of Dilton's drawings of the Gargoyle King. We've got um, some of the protection talismans. The picture of Dilton's back with like the runes written on it. This uh, It's just like a piece of paper that says Riverdale on the top, but I don't know what any of the other writing says on it. Um, but then we have like a whole bunch of little recipe cards that have words on them. So we have things like death by poison, cyanide, suicide or murder, death by jumping, why didn't he scream? We'll be re reunited in the kingdom one day. All of us will. Who is the Gargoyle King? What is the kingdom? Fox Forest? Question mark. Found in Fox Forest. What do the symbols mean? Which we figured out last episode and we're pretty sure it means TGK, which means the Gargoyle King. Mm -hmm. You'll fly to his death. Dilton's re... Dilton's... I don't know what that says. Dilton something bends something. Can't read those. Mm -hmm. um, where did the game come from? Then there's, like, there's not even just, like, all of these, like, the serpent card and everything. There's also a king of clubs, so I'm not sure what that's about. Bunker connection, question mark. Uh, and there's, like, a bunch of, like, there's, like, Dilton's map and then, like, a bunch of other paperwork that's, like, illegible from this far away. But that's all that I got from the bulletin board. Okay. So nothing that, like, we can really use to string together yet, but right. we can come back to it later. Right. Okay. Interesting. So, next scene. Ethel is back. Yes. And Betty sees that she is talking to Evelyn Evernever. The old E.E. -E. Mm-hmm. E for evil. Mm. Betty thinks that the game might be connected to the farm. Yes. And that Edgar is also, like, a kind of king. Mm-hmm. So they decide, okay, you know what? We need to talk to Ethel, but we're going to do it a little bit more gently this time so she doesn't have a freaking seizure. Yeah. So I feel like that's a good idea. Yeah. 
So they go to Ethel. Mm-hmm. Ethel is so weird. She eats in the classroom. She doesn't eat in the lunch room with everybody else. And then, like when when they mention it, she starts talking about her medication. Yeah, and she's so weird. Every time she does anything, I'm like, ugh. There's something. There's something weird about this. Okay, tell me. Tell me if I'm off the mark here. Sure. Is it me or is this the show trying to say something about nerd culture? Oh. I could definitely see that for sure. Because no one in this show is actually kind of a geek except for this group of kids and they're all like toxic geeks. Yeah, like Jughead is like not a geek. He's kind of just like a loner, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. And I mean, Ronnie, Ronnie and Cheryl are geeks in their pop culture references. Right. Like, Dilton is the only one who's, like, a geek in the comics. And then, like, we get kind of, he's, like, kind of geeky because he's, like, you know, in the Boy Scouts and, like, beep, boop, beep and stuff. But, yeah. Beep, boop, hmm. yeah, that's beep and stuff. Correct. Yes, hmm. that's what I said. Okay. I stand okay. by it. You, like, your inner robot just came up for a second. Beep, boop, beep and stuff. Meet more. Meet more. Zeep, zorp, robot. <laughs> I am a robot. Deeply stupid. <laughs> I am not a robot. But yeah, I was wondering, like, because, like, it's not like they're saying good things about the people who play Dungeons and Dragons and stuff. And so I'm like, am I supposed to be yeah. insulted here? I have a lot of friends who play Dungeons and Dragons, and they are normal humans. Yeah, like, they, I think, I think, I'm probably reading far too much into this, but I think it might be, subtextually, you could look at it as a commentary on the integration of geek culture with regular people. So like Ronnie, Cheryl, Juggy, and then people who take it as a sort of religion, take it too seriously and use it to exclude others, therefore creating mm. toxic geek culture, which is Ethel, Ben, Dilton. Sure. But that, that's it. That's probably reading far too far into it. Yeah. No worries. I mean, I mean, that's what this podcast is for, reading way too far into things that don't go anywhere. <laughs> and I mean, Ethel does give me I'm not like other girls vibes. Yeah. Oh, totally. Especially in this especially in this episode, especially after this scene. Ethel is like the care like the person that Sierra Burgess could turn into. Yeah. Mm, that's like, right. And like I Honestly, like, I wish better characters upon Shannon Purser. Yeah. I wish better characters onto her, but unfortunately, these are the characters she's been given. Yeah. So Ethel starts talking about the fact that she's on medication to stop the seizures because she can't stop having them. Yeah. There's something going on here. Yeah. Why would she suddenly start having seizures? Why would Betty start having seizures? Why is Betty having dizzy spells? That's the thing is, you know... Betty's thing has been given like a reason. It's because she was on what was it? Adderall? Yes. Yeah, it was because she was on Adderall, she was having too much. Okay, there's a reason. See Sierra. Ethel didn't have a reason to start her seizures. That's why I thought it was Evelyn, because she was like staring at her intently like Quirrell does, you know? Exactly. So yeah, I don't know. I'm not sure. So she says that um she can't stop having the seizures and she calls Ben her boyfriend again. Yeah. Because we're deep into that delusion. If it's a delusion. Uh, Betty wants to know yeah. if Ethel had visions when she collapsed because, you know, Betty did and she'd like some comfort. And Ethel's like, mm-hmm. you know, I actually kind of, I can't remember. And I don't think she, either she did or she can't, or like, she's having visions the whole time. Right. Because I, 
I think the Goblin King or whatever the Gargoyle King, Dairy Queen at the end of the episode was a vision. Yeah, I have. Yeah. But here's the thing. Jughead also sees Dairy Queen. So that's a question I have. But I think you're totally on the right track that Gargoyle King at the end of this episode was a vision. Because at the end of... First of all, it was at the end of an episode. Yeah. And Betty... Like, we saw what Betty saw. You know, like, we were we were in her perspective seeing the vision that she saw. Yeah. You know, if we just, like, saw Betty's face and her being like, what? Oh, my God. They're throwing the babies into the fire. Then it wouldn't make sense for us to see her vision Mm -hmm. at the end of this episode. But because we saw it and thought it was true when Betty did it, I think that that's a good theory about Ethel and Dairy Queen. And maybe there's a... There's a reason that we keep getting these things at the end of every single episode. Yeah. It's right. not like, just like, a cliffhanger. Yeah, like like the first two or three episodes of season two ended with the Black Hood attacking somebody. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll, we'll, we'll have to keep our eye on that and see like which one's track is real and which ones don't. Yeah. So Ethel says that Evelyn is the best and visited her in the hospital and that she's helping her titrate her medication down. I am so angry about this. Go off. Evelyn is a teenage girl. Her father runs a cult. Like, and like, I, the show is presenting this as a bad thing. So like, I'm really happy. I'm just frustrated, like, as a person because modern medicine was invented for a reason Mm -hmm. and it's to help us live. This is like the same thing with like anti-vaxxers where you're like, hey, we actually need those vaccines to live. Yeah. Ethel needs that medication to stop having seizures. Unless the seizures are being caused by the very person that she's trying to titrate down from. Yeah, like, I wonder if as soon as she puts on her medication, like, she's on her med- medication, then, like, Evelyn can't, like, cause them anymore. I don't yeah. know. I, this is, like, part of my theory of Evelyn causing them. But it seems that, like, if Evelyn does have powers, slash Edgar potentially has powers, that medication is, like, the main thing that, like, prevents them from controlling people. So, like, when she's, like... Which is why Alice, who should be on antidepressants... Yeah. Yeah. So when she's, like, oh, Betty, like, are you on medication? She's, like, no, but I'm thinking about it. Can you help me? She's, like, well, we can't get you on medications or else I can't, like, can, like make you have a seizure again or, like, mm-hmm. whatever. Exactly. So she's titrating down and... Betty wants to know, because Ethel's been working with Evelyn, if she's met Edgar. And she, like, she gets her, like, kind of excited. And Ethel says, well, there's a chapter of the farm at Riverdale High, so why doesn't she just ask Evelyn herself? Yeah. Fair. Jughead wants to know if uh, Griffin the Gargoyles has a player's manual. And then Ethel goes all, I'm not like other geese, and says, well, you're not worthy to know that yet. And I'm like, it's a game. Gross. So, calm down. He's not worthy to know that yet, but if he meets her tomorrow to learn, he can. But it has to be him. Betty will never be worthy. Sorry, Betty. Listen, I love this moment because it's just like, Jughead's like saying exactly what he has to say. Like, he's just like, no, like, I know, but I want to learn. Please, will you help me? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like, he's just like, I'm just saying words. But Betty will never be worthy. Is that because, like, first of all, why is like the big question. But did... Ethel learn of like Betty's problems from Evelyn like because she's part of the farm does Evelyn just like share everybody's issues no I think Betty isn't worthy because uh, Ethel wanted to kiss Jughead 
Yeah. She's like, sorry, Betty, you're not invited. I'm stealing your boyfriend. It, that's exactly it. Yeah! Yep. What the heck? I mean, Ethel, I get it. I get it. I don't. But you don't have to go off like that. I'd rather kiss his dad. Listen, that's fair. Thank you. I just feel like I'd, I would probably choose to kiss Cole Sprouse for bragging rights. Which is, it's a good thing that you can't kiss Cole Sprouse. Yeah. Yeah. I would so, just like be able to tell all of my friends from middle school. <laughs> wow. You are so deeply cool. Yeah. Anyway, Bughead split up and Betty heads to the farm meeting. Okay, dude, it's called The Farm. Like, I, this whole time I thought they were just, like, talking about it, like, The Farm, you know, colloquially, like, like it actually had a real name, like Ever Neverland, which is genius. Thank you. But it's actually called The Farm. Like, if I looked yeah. at that freaking, if I looked at that poster, if I was going to Riverdale High, I'd be like, what the heck does that mean? You gotta give me more than just The Farm, free pizza. Okay, here's the thing. Here's the thing. I saw the poster for The Farm. If I was looking at that in the universe, I'd be like, is this a club for gays who like farming? Because they <laughs> use they use rainbow people. Where is Trixie Mattel? That is, oh my god. She's a gay person who loves farming? Shut up. It's true. I know. So, um, why the rainbow? That's appropriating gay culture. Mm. I'm saying that as a joke, by the way. Yeah, okay. But, so this uh, meeting looks really unsuccessful. <laughs> <laughs> nobody shows there's up there's no one there but he's like in my early and Evelyn's like oh it just hasn't caught on yet but I'm gonna scare the crap out of you first and I'm yeah. like why are you so creepy but she did bring pizza that pizza kind of looked gross though <laughs> yeah <laughs> she's like yes um I have to bring free pizza I'm assuming everyone will be there so I'll bring three whole pizzas and then have to take them home and put them in the fridge because <laughs> okay. nobody came exactly she's like not hang even, on not even Ethel came that was what I was about to point out. Yeah. She, Ethel didn't even go to the meeting. She was like, go ahead, Betty, go away. That blew my mind. Funny. So Evelyn admits to trying to get Ethel off of the medication. She's like, we gotta get her off of those meds. And I'm like, you're a crazy person, but I think maybe your dad brainwashed you. So I'm going to feel bad about you for a while. Yeah. And she kind of is like, gives Betty an opening. And Betty's like, oh, um, yeah, you know, I've been thinking about going on medication, but I'm not sure. Because, you know, I've been having some like aftershocks and I could use some help and Evelyn's like oh my god thank you so much and I'm like did you not see this trap coming (laughs) but also like I didn't I thought Betty was fully lying but then we see her have that dizzy spell and then I'm like not so sure I think she was I think two things gonna be true I think she has dizzy spells and she was lying okay yeah so I hate this scene Jackie heads down to the bunk I just hate this whole game scene even though it's so good Ah! Jackie heads down into the bunker and how long do you think it took Ethel to light all of those candles? Dude, she had to do them all by herself. Yeah, like- She'd be like, usually my boyfriend Ben helps me with this. Like, that must have taken forever, just like leaning down and lighting each one, one by one. She was like, oh my god, like, Ben totally, like, betrayed me and, like, finished the game with Dilton and, like, that sucks. And I'm like- And it seems like she has to be like, okay, you have to, like, kiss the princess or whatever. And I'm like, okay, so now I ship Ben and Dilton? Oh, yeah, no, I like that. I like that. Like, what if Ben was just like, yeah, like, in the game, I'm dating <laughs> Ethel. But, like, for real, for real, I'm dating Dating Dilton. Dilton. Yeah. I like that. I don't know. So, it's time to play the game. Juggy can choose to be... Now, did you... Uh, tell me if you heard differently. He can choose okay. to be a Radiant Knight. Mm-hmm. And then I couldn't hear the middle one. 
Arcane Invoker. Arcane Invoker. I heard poker, yeah. and I was like, that's not right. Arcane Invoker. Invoker, okay. Or a Hellcaster. Yeah. And yes. Jug picks Hellcaster. All Literally, three. the first time I watched it, she gave him the three options. I'm like, he's going to pick, pick Hellcaster. Hellcaster. Yep. And then he did. Yeah. So tell me which one you would pick. I think that I would probably ask for a more... I would probably ask for more information on each one before I were to make a decision. But just looking at the... Names. What they're called. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Hellcaster definitely sp- sp- like stands out because it sounds really cool. But um, I'm very into the word radiant. I'm having the same that. thoughts. Yeah. I, Arcane Invoker is okay, but I don't mess with werewolves. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I would either go for Radiant Knight or Hellcaster as well. Yeah. So, that was Ben's avatar as well. And he was supposed to finish the game with Ethel, but betrayed her and finished the game with Dalton instead. Now yeah, we've theorized because they were in love. Yeah. So, Betty comes home and she's like, hey, where is everyone? Oh, just kidding. There's a cult in my living room. Something that I know oh something that I noticed about it is it's all women there. Yep. yep. That's what that's why I'm starting to worry. Yeah. Cause it feels like it feels like it's just like where the women live is the place where you sit and gossip. Where are the yep. dudes? Yep. Where are the men? Are there even any men? If Jughead had come in and asked, Hello, I would also like to be a part of it, I wonder what Evelyn would have done. That's a great question. Yeah, we'll I just see. I'd like to know. Yeah. yeah. Maybe he will. So Betty wants to know if Edgar is coming, and then they laugh, and they're <laughs> like, you have to ascend levels to meet him. This is a cult. Having to ascend levels, that is cult language. Yes, this, I wrote something about this a little bit later. Um, let me find, oh, um, they took collateral in Nixium. So yeah, I wrote a, or sorry, I listened to a whole podcast on Nixium, which was, we the, kind of The CBC podcast? Yeah. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and Claire listened and- to it too. This there, there was a whole thing about how they like took collateral from you, and then they like said, "Oh, we'll never use it against you because you'll never go against the cult, right?" Yeah. And then like, so that's that. Like Alice being like, "Yes, we fully killed a man, and then we, and then my boyfriend uh, dissolved him." That's your collateral, Alice. That's yep. gonna come back. Yep, I would not be surprised if the farm is based off partially off of a Nixium-like entity. Yeah, I feel so good about listening to that whole podcast because now I feel like I can actually speak on this. Anyway, I appreciate myself. I feel good about that because I feel really proud of the Vancouver chapter for mm. busting open the whole thing and making the whole cult fall apart. Yes. Literally, I, I was reading the CBRC article and they're like, without Vancouver, they would still be running. And I was like, yes. Hey. Anyway, so they laugh and say she has to ascend the levels. The first day, however, is talking about all of her sins. Yes. And Evelyn's like, Betty, you had a dark kinship with your father. And that we know that you helped dispose of Dwayne's body. He has a name. His name is Dwayne. She literally calls him the shady man like four times in this episode. I'm like, guys, we've already established his name is Dwayne. Like, I get it. Because like the people who like watch that are just like chill are just like, oh yeah, yeah, right. They're like, who the hell is Dwayne? If she had just been like, you told them about Dwayne? Yeah, exactly. But I care. Betty is like appalled. And like, here's the thing. Betty looks at Alice and is like, Mom, you told them. And Alice looks embarrassed. Oh my gosh. Because I think Polly enables all of Alice's behavior. And Betty is like the other angel on her shoulder going, hey, that's messed up. Right. So Alice says that everything that they say is in confidence. And they all like they all know each other's secrets. 
Yeah. And then Evelyn goes even farther and she says, we know all about all about the wig and the webcamming. And I'm like, ew. Listen, yes to the wig because Alice was there when Chick, like, guessed mm-hmm. <laughs> that Betty wore that wig. How does anyone um, know about the webcamming? But the webcamming was just a thing between Chick and Betty. And so how, how does she know? Exactly. Is Chick part of the cult now, too? Honestly, listen, Chick was the creepiest person in the entire world, but I thought Hart Denton did a, did a fabulous job, and I'd love to see him again. Oh, he's so good. I loved him. Um, Betty gets super mad, and instead of, like, spilling any other tea, she just kind of starts talking about her conspiracy theory that Evelyn was at she and Ethel's seizures, and that the farm showed up at the same time as Griffiths and Gargoyles, and I'm like, was this the time? Love that Betty had the same thought about Evelyn being at both the seizures, though. Yeah. We're on the same page. Which makes me think we're on the wrong track. Ah! Yeah. I mean, it's episode three. Yeah. (laughs) You know? Yeah. And then she thinks that Edgar is also the Gargoyle King. Okay. Never did I think that. No. No, I did think that. Oh, you did? Yes, I did think that. Well, bad news. Betty figured it out, and now it's not true. I mean, the problem is every theory that Betty has that she's postulating will either prove to be incorrect because it's episode three- or completely correct because everyone was like, hey, maybe Hal's the Black Hood. And then they dismissed it for most of the season and yeah. then Hal's the Black Hood. Yeah. So, you know. Evelyn says that actually the first time that they heard about Griffins and Gargoyles was from Alice. Yes. And Betty's like, what? Oh, that doesn't make any sense. How the hell do you know about the game? And Alice is like, oh, um, yeah, we, um... This is, she. it's too soon. She's like, I gotta go suddenly. I have to go to the bathroom. Yeah, she's like, uh, th- this was too soon. Um, Betty isn't ready. And Betty, like, starts backing away and she has a little dizzy spell and she leaves. Yes. Okay, are you ready to go back to the game? Yes. So Jughead is fully playing the game. Dude. <laughs> Except he's just, like, sitting there and answering questions, though. I love it. Well, that's, like, most of D&D is choosing, making decisions. Right, but... Listen, and I've never played D&D. I'm actually interested in doing so, but um, I'm pretty sure that most D&D games aren't just, like, one-on-one. Yeah. It's really awkward. (laughs) Yeah. So he's crossed a footbridge and must choose between two doors. Yes. One made of- Sorry, I wanted to point out the footbridge because- on the map and, like, uh, from, I think, last episode, they were saying that, like, oh, once we cross the footbridge or whatever. So it's interesting that, <gasps> the, that the footbridge exists in their world also. So is it fair to say that Riverdale is the game? Ooh, we'll probably find out something, like, maybe about that next episode. Yeah, Ooh, I think so. Beach, yes, okay. So he must choose between two doors, one made of shimmering gold and one made of just plain maple wood. Mm-hmm. And he made the same decision I would, which is pick the maple. Yeah. He enters a secret chamber. I picked the gold one. I was going to pick the gold one. Then I was like, wait, this is a game. So it's a trick. I know, but it's so pretty. At least I would like feel it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. He enters a secret chamber where a circle of griffin bones awaits. And then Ethel lifts the box to reveal the chalices. Yes. Hello? Yes. The word gargoyle is gross. Thanks. Okay. That's it. Juggy says no way. I have another this question. This is how Ben and Dalton died. What? Does Ethel know which one is poison? No. You don't think? I don't think so. Okay, continue. Oh, wait, no, she must. She's the one who poured them. Oh, she has to know. I mean, there are ways for her not to know, you know, like she could, like, potentially keep them secret. 
she did, like, I'm trying to figure out if she looked like she knew when he picked the one. You know what I mean? And he, like, took a drink. And she asked, how do you feel? Like, her asking, how do you feel? It's just like, okay, so did you know or not? Like, yeah, it's just a question I have. Yeah. I think it's like, I mean, he flipped a coin for it. So yeah. even though if she knew which chalice it was in. It was always she didn't know which one to pick always yeah yeah so he says this is russian roulette Mm -hmm. and he doesn't want to drink fresh aid and ethel goes it's gargoyle blood which you well know and i'm like shut up oh my god like she's like we need to be accurate to the game and i'm like people are dead yeah so jug has to flip the coin for his fate and he says if he does it will she give him the scripture and she's like i promise with the king as her witness Ooh, gross yeah. like like he's so, there like he's yeah. there ew okay i mean because like people say as god is my witness and it's obviously hyperbolic right but i'm kind of wondering if like this is actually literal ew i hate it okay so in that case um did the king see bughead boning ew oh my god the gargo king is like this is my house Right? He's like, hey, I did not invite you to do this here. Ooh. Okay, okay. Ooh, ooh, hello, yes, me. Yes, you in the front. Dilton had all of these protection talismans around there to keep out the Gargoyle King question mark. Mm-hmm. Were they still there when Jughead came? Oh my god, I'm thinking right now. Cause here's the thing. Is Ethel worships the king, if, he's not afraid of if it. If Ethel worships the king, why did she leave a protection talisman for Ben? But if she left a protection talisman for Ben, like, then I'm confused. That's is I'm she the one that out. makes them? Like, I don't know. Or did I she mean, just, or did she just take one from the bunker and then give it to him? I don't I'm know. I'm just looking. We may never know, but. My first recommended thing, The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. I'm getting there, Netflix. The fact that this starts, the thing that played the minute I opened it was, they're coming to get you, Bob. <laughs> <laughs> okay, did you find it? Okay, yes, but I have a new theory right now. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited. Okay. Okay. What if the thing that they've put up a protection spell from is not the same thing as the Gargoyle King? Uh, I'm with you. Explain. What if there is some kind of mutated creature, like death itself, that is part of the game, and then the Gargoyle King is actually, like, the savior? Oh, okay. So you're saying like the gargoyle king is like the Jacob, and we're lo- and they're protecting themselves from the man in black. Exactly. That's a lost reference. Just for yes. No. Okay. Okay. Yeah. 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 Yep. 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 Sure. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yes. Just keep that in mind. Yes, I'll take it. Okay. So Juggy flips and gets a Griffin, and I'm like, wow. I wish that would happen to me. Ah. <laughs> uh, uh, get it? Yes. Get it? Ethel. Oh, uh, he drinks the blo- the quote-unquote blood. Dude, I have another question. Yeah. Did he have to drink the whole thing? I don't think so. I think it's just a sip. He's such a dramatic hoe. Okay, continue. Oh, yeah. Um, and he's fine. She's like, are you okay? And he's like, I'm fine, I think. But his lips turn blue. Dude, this is another thing. It's like, fresh aid is supposed to be like a joke on Kool-Aid. Mm-hmm. But Kool-Aid doesn't stain your lips that easily and for that long. I'm, I'm getting the impression that that drink is mostly powder. That's the only way you could stain it. Right. Yeah, that's nuts. That's way too much food coloring. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, he's like, hey, I did it, so give me the book. And Ethel's like, you have to kiss me first. And I'm like, that's coercion. Ew! Oh, he's like, no! And she's like, you have to, that's part of it. And he's like, ugh! 
So this is interesting, though, and I think we need to keep this in mind for the next episode. Yeah. The Hellcaster kisses the princess or he doesn't get the treasure. The treasure. So who in the next episode is going to be the Hellcaster and who is going to be the princess? Oh my god! Yes! Yep. Oh my god, oh my god. Okay, yeah. We shall see. Ah! So he does it, and I'm like, gross, that's coercion. And Ethel says, okay, by the way, that's the only copy that I'm aware of. Is she lying? I think so. She has to be. Who else could have, like, there's nobody else who could have done this. Exactly. And even, she even, like, says to the Gargoyle King, question mark. Yeah. She even says, like, I, I did it, I spread it, or whatever. Yeah, Everyone I spread it. Yay! Yeah. Yeah. So Juggy starts to read it, and in the background, Ethel, like, drinks from the other cup, and I'm like, do you have uh, to have someone else there in order to complete the ritual, or what? Okay, first of all, it looks like a lot of the scripture is just pictures. It is. So I have questions about that. Yeah. But also, I wanted to point out that Ethel's dad last season tried to commit suicide. Oh, yeah. So, like, yikes. This is dark. Um, is she not going to play anymore? Because then later she says, like, thank you for helping me finish my game. So, like, is, th- is that the end of the game? Yeah, and I'm like, I guess she was playing with him the whole time. I hate it. But she didn't flip the coin, but they both flipped the co- I don't know how this works yet. We'll see. Next episode. We'll get all our answers next episode. Does the Hellcaster always flip the coin? Because maybe Ben flipped the coin and got the good one. Oh, 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 oh. Brittany, Brittany, me. Yeah, yeah. You in front. What, what, what? But Ben still had, like, foam coming out of his mouth, so they must have both had poison in them. Mm-hmm. But Juggies didn't, question mark? No. I'm confused. So what are the rules? <laughs> okay. Unless Ben slipped poison into both their drinks. Oh my god, Ben, you weirdo. Okay. So, Juggy rushes her out, and he's like, we need to call 911. Yeah. And then, in the hospital, he is then flipping through the scripture. And the thing that I found interesting is that the picture that they focused on most was a woman with, like, her eyes, like, gouged out. Yeah. Um, she's wearing a veil, and she's being stabbed by little demons. Right. And I'm wondering if this in any way mirrors what someone's wearing in the next episode. Uh-huh. I don't know. We'll have to see during the trailer and see, like, if anyone has any kind of veil on. Right. Because, okay. If this is, like, a whole, like, team adults thing, did they just play the game and or discover the game? Or did they, like, invent the game? Because if so, like, who drew these? Exactly. You know? Exactly. I'm really excited for next episode. Me too. So Ethel wakes up and Jughead says, don't worry, we got you the antidote in time, but you're restrained to the bed because you tried to commit suicide. No, I didn't. Yes, you did. You you fully, I don't think she thinks of it as that. I think she thinks of it as like. Playing the game. Yeah, like she voluntarily finished the game. And he's like, you have to tell your parents what happened. And she says, I won't. And you won't either because I'll tell you that you mixed the fresh aid. What in the hell? Why do you think that they'll, that they'll believe you over Jughead? Yeah. You, you just tried to commit suicide. Yeah. And Jughead's like, yeah, no, it's over. Yeah, he's like, I'm not worried about it. Yeah. And she says, no, it's not. The game is just beginning. Ew. What does that mean? This is gross, and I hate it, thanks. But also, I kind of love it, because it's really cool. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, She says, the game is just beginning, and that Jughead has now proved himself. 
Ethel told the king that Jughead would be worthy enough to spread the gospel. <laughs> and I'm like, you sound certifiable. So she's like, the Gargoyle King, guess what? I I figured I found somebody else to to help you. His name is Jughead. And the Gargoyle Head go and the Gargoyle King goes, <laughs> his name is what? Jughead. Jughead. Who the hell's name is Jughead? Is that F.P. Jones, kid? Why'd he name him that? <laughs> Can you imagine? <laughs> the Gargoyle King's just sitting there like, yeah, F.P. would do that. <laughs> Classic F.P. Classic F.P. Typical. Jughead says that the king won't hurt anyone anymore. And Ethel, like, creepily, like, holds his wrist and Ew! says, Ew! Thank you for help me, helping me finish the game. I hate it! I was I'm like, ew! Thanks. I hate gross, it, thanks. Gross, gross, gross. So, the most important character in the whole world is back. Actually, though, like, Shannon Purser, even though she's, like, a nut, is doing in a great job. She's doing a good job. You mean, like, Ethel's a nut? Uh, Ethel's a nut. Shannon Purser's doing a really good job of being a nut. Oh, yeah. Shannon Purser's knocking this out of the park. Yeah. So, yeah, Alice is back. Thank you for knowing that it was Alice. Uh-huh. Um, it's opening night, so Betty is on her way to the speakeasy. And Alice Speaking is like, easy. hey, by the way, you had no intention of joining the farm and you just wanted to attack Edgar, right? She's like, how did you know? And Betty very fairly points out, hey, you know, by you telling everyone what happened, you've now implicated me, you've implicated Juggy, and you've implicated FP. Yep. And I don't think that occurred to Alice. No. Yep. I don't think so either. But then instead of, like, talking more about their emotional issues, she starts asking about griffins and gargoyles. Yeah. Which I'm like, if you have your mom there and you're asking questions, ask more about the emotional stuff. Not um, a game. So last episode, Evelyn said that, oh, your mom invited us to burn some of her stuff. Do you think she, like, burned some of his her, like, G&G stuff that night? Maybe. Maybe. I mean, literally, Alice's next phrase is, we can't let ourselves be strangled by the past. Yeah, and they, like, burned some G&G stuff later this episode, so... I don't know. And I think strangled is an important word. Ooh, okay, yeah. But we'll see. Yeah. And Betty says, why will you tell the farm about your past but not me? And Alice says, she trusts the farm but not Betty. Can someone please, will a real Alice please stand up? I miss her. Yeah, I didn't like that. I don't, I, I'm starting to find this. I had, I had hope that this was Alice just being deep undercover for an article. Dude, Betty helped Alice hide a body. And you trust the people from the farm more than Betty? This cult has done some very dangerous things to Alice, and I'm really worried about it. I wouldn't hide a body for my mom. Well, you don't- What? I would hide a body for my mom. Yeah, I wouldn't. I love my mom. I love my mom too, but if she killed somebody, we'll go to court and we'll figure it out. We're not gonna All lie right. to the police. I like that the background noise of this whole thing is gonna be sirens. The sirens. Yeah. yeah. There's some crime going on in Vancouver tonight. Man, speaking of crime, crime. Speaking of crime, more crime. Yeah. Speaking of crime, we're going to a speakeasy that doesn't have any crime. Yeah. So, Bughead arrived at the speakeasy. Mm-hmm. Juggy says he hid the book in the trailer. Clearly not very well, but... Good to know for Alice and FP later. Yeah. Yeah. Betty wants to know if Etha will be okay and that she needs to be seriously deprogrammed, just like Alice. Uh-huh. Because Alice knows way more about G&G than she's letting on. 
Right. And then the conversation kind of, like, turns, and she's like, hey, you still have blue on your lips, and then the scene's over. And I'm like, what? Okay. Okay. They're like, remember, not everything is good here in this speakeasy. Yep. And then Jughead and Betty get back to the trailer, and they see that it's tossed. And surprise, it's hashtag phallus. Aww. They are there, and they have found the book. And FB is furious that Juggy has blue lips and calls him boy again. Boy! Boy! Please put the clip of him in just saying the word boy. Boy! I a wonder if there's... Of FB saying boy. Is that available? Because I don't have the time to make it myself, but I hope it's available. I'll find it. Thank you. Okay. So he's really mad. Betty is like, Jughead's about to explain and be like, this is why we did this. And Betty stops Jughead and says, don't tell them anything until they tell us something. And... They don't really, like, like both, like, FP and Alice are like, uh, no. All FP will say is that the game is evil and no one is going to play it ever again because he's going to destroy the manual. Yeah. And Bughead are like, hey, no, that's the only key to finding out what happened to Ben and Dilton. But FP and Alice, I, I, they know what happened to Ben and Dilton. Well, Jughead's like, no, please don't burn that. Do you know how much I had to go through for that? I had to kiss Ethel. He had to kiss Ethel. No! Oh my god! Jughead and Ethel was a ship in the comics! This is what they did! Oh. Ethel Ethel was, like, in love with Jughead in the comics. How is this just hitting me right now? That's what that that was. So much makes sense now. Wow, we're dumb. Stupid. Sometimes we're really dumb. Yeah. Well, it's easy to forget that these are based on comics. Yeah. Forget it anyway. Because Jughead and Ethel are so different. From their comics characters. Yeah, exactly. FP is like, I'm going to destroy it. And Jughead's like, no. And Alice is like, do it. And FP's like, I'm doing it because I want to and not because she told me to. But also half because she told me to. Literally, I was just like, reach into the fire, you cowards. <laughs> right? Like, <laughs> if you really wanted to keep it. Yeah. But I think personally, like, given the conversation they have in the next scene, I think it's kind of a relief to them briefly that it's gone. Yeah, totally. So, Juggy and Betty are lying in bed again. Ew. And I'm like, you're still 16. Yeah, but whatever. Chughead says that flipping through it felt like reading evil. Yeah. I would say so. There's Which women with their eyes gouged said. out. Yeah. Um, Betty says that Phallus played the game, and that's why they were so scared. And I like that they kind of understand why FP and Alice were so protective. But if, like, does that mean they drank from the chalices? Because if not, that means they haven't finished their game yet. Oh my god, it really is Jumanji meets Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah. Oh boy. Oh boy. Okay. And, well, and Jughead's like, hey, it's all over. No, it's not. It's not. No. Because Ethel is saying, I did what you asked. And Jughead is like, walking through school hallways. And he's like, hey, I'm emo. And I'm walking. And I guess the school dress code where you can't wear serpent jackets has been revoked. I guess. Everyone is reading the book. He walks up to Cheryl and he sees her reading the book. And he's like, where did you get this? And she's like... Ew, that's mine. <laughs> Don't touch it, ew. Don't touch me. Ugh. And the narration says by the next week, everyone in the school would be playing G&G. Oh my gosh. And we're and totally going to skip over it. Like, either we'll totally skip over it because, like, next... Or, like, we'll have, like, next week's episode, we'll, a pause. bottle episode, and then we'll get that. Yeah. Yeah. And then the final scene is Ethel saying, soon everyone will join them, and then she bows before the king. Right, and so you were just like, like my when I first watched it, I thought, okay, so that means Ethel isn't in the suit. But since you think it's a vision, yeah, still could I think it's be a hallucination. Or something, I don't know. I don't know, I have theories, but we shall see. 
All right, so now it's time for segments. My first segment is a sexual joke. Okay, question mark, question mark, question mark. And the answer is yes, always yes. I don't care if we see him post-coital with Betty. I don't care. Yeah. Yeah. And mine is which MILF was the most badass in this episode? And um, I guess Alice. Yeah, who else? What other MILFs existed in this episode? I mean, I wouldn't say she was badass. But she was like the only one, right? I mean, she's forever the MILF of my heart. She and Abby Griffin. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Did the snake parents acknowledge their (laughs) obvious history? There was certainly some history acknowledged. Yeah, I would say a little bit. History acknowledged, yeah. Yeah, I would, yeah, definitely say that's a fair thing to say. And now it's time for our Best Line Award. My Best Line Award goes to Veronica for President Blossom, First Lady Topaz. That was a very good delivery. Thank you. Nobody will hear it because I'm going to put the thing over top of it. I know. I just wanted to give you the compliment anyway. Thank you. And mine goes to Reggie for just the word dude. Dude. Because it made me laugh. Dude. Dude. And now it's time for our trailer reaction. Ah! Local local drug dealer surprised to see drugs. (laughs) I haven't seen the extended yet, so I am pumped. I can't believe you haven't seen it. I've watched it like four times. I know, you sent it to me and I was just like, you know what? We can wait. Ooh, it looks like it's not just a bottle episode, though. First of all, because Alice is like telling the story. Oh my goodness. Okay, should we start? Oh my goodness. Yep. Okay, ready? Go ahead. Mm -hmm. Three, two, one, play. play. It was our junior year. Fred Andrews, Hermione hmm, Gomez, Forsyth Pendleton Jones Jr. Welcome to oh, Saturday. Detention. He looks so much like Skeet with that hair. Like I don't even our lives are about to change forever. Oh my God! The world was a very different place. And Everyone is kissing in this. Casey. Riverdale. Okay. Whole oh man. Oh man. Oh man. Okay. So Alice. The amount of people kissing in this trailer is nuts. Okay. Fred, who's, like, obsessed with the drums because he is so cool. Honestly, KJ looks just like him, so I'm, like, really interested in this. Cool. Alice Smith. Hermione Gomez. Junior. Wait, I said Alice Jones is junior? Oh, my God. Why is he wearing a Letterman's jacket? Is he on the football team? Yeah, I'm like, what? What the heck? Oh, my God, I'm obsessed. Yes, and with that hair. Oh, my gosh. But, so so he's, like, naming those four, but also clearly Penelope is in detention. Yeah, I think they just did it for the promo. Well, Josie's there too. Yeah. Or Sierra. Sorry, Sierra. Saturday, Saturday detention, right? So it's like mm-hmm. obviously this is the Breakfast Club. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and then then we see them playing, which is the six of them. So like them, the core four, and then Penelope and Sierra. But the thing about them playing is they don't have a game board like the others do. Right. Like this looks more homemade. Who is who is this with? Alice, because I don't... Is this FP? Is that ju- is that Jughead? It's it's kind of hard to tell. I don't know who that is. It kind of looks like Jason. Oh my god, that's exactly what I was thinking, but there's no way that's freaking Clifford! Is that Hal? Oh my god. Ew, it might be. I don't Hal know. No, I doubt it's Hal. Okay, and then there's FP and Fred doing fun shirtless things. Woo. And then that's Alice kissing Fred for some reason. I'm wondering if that's performing. kissing the Hellcaster. Oh my god. Look at all of them. Like, um, in the back, you can see that Alice is still in her, like, Griffins and Gargoyles gear, and so is... Is Fred in Jinko jeans? Yeah, I think so. Is And Sierra's apparently also in their band? Every, and Why? everyone's dressed in their Griffins and Gargoyles outfits. Why did Fred have those drum 
drumsticks if he doesn't play the drums? Well, who's playing the drums? It must be FP, right? It must be FP, yeah. Okay, so that's Hermione and Hiram. Yes. So that's Mark's son who's playing him, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Reggie, so that's whoever the heck Reggie's dad is who we don't even really know anything about. Oh my god, Tom and Sierra having a, like, if Tom and Sierra liked each other in high school, I don't know why they didn't just get married. That makes me so happy, though. They, like, found each other again. Yeah, oh my god. That's so soft. Penelope has braces. Oh my god. What happened to her? Madeline looks so cute with those braces. What happened to her? What happened to Penelope? Because she looks so happy. I know. What happened to her? How is she so terrible now? And Alice is just, like, walking through the school like, I hate all of you. She became a prostitute. She did. Alice walking through the school like a badass. That's FP and Hermione. Which, honestly, like, from 104, I believe it. Yep. So, okay. Okay, so who all is in this group? That's, is that Dilton, question mark? I think so. Tom, whoever Reggie, whatever Reggie's dad's name is. Penelope, FP. I don't, don't know, because it's only see the top of his head. That's Hermione. Ronnie. Oh, that might be Hiram. Oh, probably Hiram. Whoever's in the jean jacket, which I assume is... Moose? Oh, wait. This looks like Dilton. Alice. And then I think, actually, instead of who I thought was Tom, potentially might be KJ, could be Fred, and then potentially Tom is in it. I guess we will see. Either way, I'm obsessed. Oh, yeah. Jean jacket's gotta be KJ. Okay, cool. Hermione and Fred are together in the classroom. Penelope and Sierra are together in the classroom. Hermione and Sierra in the bathroom. Oh my gosh, Jason is back. I swear to freaking gosh. If Jason, not playing Jason, is playing Clifford slash Claudius, actually says something, it's gonna I, be will weird. Be, I will be shocked. We've never heard his voice before. We've never heard him talk, and that's what made him so creepy. The whole first season is because we never heard him talk. I am freaking out. Okay, so here's Penelope. And may I just point out that Penelope um, has a glove on. Oh, snap. That's always been her thing, I guess, even before she got Mm -hmm. freaking burned. Cool. Okay, so now here's Penelope and Sierra. Sierra looks like a freaking mermaid. Oh, my God. I know, it's so cute. And FP and Alice, I'm dying. I wonder- The king and queen. FP wearing this crown just like Jughead makes me feel like maybe he, like, made that, like, knit cap for Jughead. That would be so cute. Wouldn't that be so freaking cute? And then- So is this playing- them playing the game, or is this them doing, like, like, they're all going to play music? Right. That's a good question. Like, which one is it? It has to be them playing the game because look at Fred in the back. He's the knight. He's the radiant knight. She means FP was the Hellcaster. And then the arcane invoker. We'll see, I guess. That seems like an Alice thing. I don't know if it's like gendered and you have to like whatever, but. No, I think Alice is the princess. That doesn't seem like an Alice she thing, ha- though. She has a crown on. Right, but so does Josie. I mean, Sierra. Maybe yeah, Hermione's but- the arcane invoker. I think there's different right, roles. For the girls. But Lane. whatever it is, it's definitely FP and Alice have a duo there. I am so interested in this. I am um, dying. Thanks. I wonder how FP broke his wrist. Right. Oh boy. Man, honestly, like people are like, oh no. Oh, I hate that there's a hiatus before this. But honestly, like I feel like we prayed to the Riverdale gods and they gave us this hiatus so that we could watch this episode together. 
Like yeah. we are sorry to the rest of the fandom. We did like this. there being a hiatus this week is like the most sincere form of like love that the Riverdale show could give us. <laughs> I am so grateful. She's right. Um, and once again, we will also have Sam on for that episode. So get ready for a long one, fam. Also, yep. I apologize if that one goes up a little bit later than Sunday, um, because we'll probably be talking for a really long time. So uh, I'll do my best. I'll get it up as soon as I can. Yeah. Um, it's going to take us yeah. a while. Outro time. Thank yeah. you so much for listening to this episode. Our music is Terminal by Good News Tunes. Uh, if you'd like, please review us on iTunes. We like those. And we also have a survey. It's just perpetually open. It's in the description. Please and thank you. If you're a fan of Riverdale and you also think, hey, I need more Riverdale, can I interest you in The Curious Adventures of Sabrina? Chilling. My bad? <laughs> um, you can interest me in that. Actually, as we are uh, recording this, it came out today and curious? neither of us have watched it yet. But oh. um, The Curious Case of Benjamin Button. Uh, yeah, and the uh, curious creations of Christine McConnell. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. there's a lot going um, on. So that podcast will be coming out on this feed uh, starting probably next month. Yeah. That's exciting. I feel like I don't know if we'll be all binged by the time that we record next episode, but we'll try. And then maybe we could make it like a spoiler section type thing on the Riverdale podcast, question mark? Yeah, that sounds fun. Yeah. And so like at the end of the outro, that's when we'll talk about all our Chilling Adventures of Sabrina spoiler stuff. So if you haven't finished it, you don't have to listen to it. I love that idea. Cool. Uh, if you're a fan of The 100, we like to talk about that show too. We did season four, season five, season six is coming and we will be on uh, at Unity Days uh, for the third Unity Days again this year in January in Vancouver. And if you're a fan of Lost, we like to talk about that show too. We covered season one and we are in the middle of season two right now. Yep. Uh, super fun over there. We have guests. We do. Yay. And we also have a Stranger Things podcast coming in 2019. We just like the strange, spooky things. Yeah. You can follow the Fictionados on Twitter, Facebook, Tumblr, Instagram, Redbubble, YouTube, but mostly Twitter. Mostly Twitter. Our page- but Robin very, very diligently up- updates the Tumblr. Every two days I upload yes. something on the Tumblr. So definitely go follow us. Thanks. I work really hard. Go reblog some stuff. Uh, our Patreon is patreon.com slash the If you like what we do here, please consider donating because this is my love. Nice. Yeah. I like that you changed my favorite thing to something that is just horrible now. Yeah. Yeah. You can follow me on Twitter at Britannia, which is B-R-I-T-T-A-N-I-A with an underscore at the end. And you can follow me personally at Robin E. Jeffrey. That's R-O-B-Y-N-E-J-F-F-R-E-Y pretty much everywhere. Join us next episode for 304 The Midnight Club. Oh, okay. So first of all, there's nothing called The Midnight Club. There's like an album by some random person. But Midnight Club, not with the the, is a 1933 American pre-code crime drama about a gang of London jewel thieves infiltrated by an undercover agent. But I think mostly it's probably a reference to The Breakfast Club. Yeah. Which, if you don't know what that is... Was the dinner club taken? Right? If you don't know what that is, look it up, watch the movie. It's a classic, Molly Ringwald's in it, and um, if you haven't seen it, I would recommend watching it at least once. Yeah, it is iconic. It's it's, um, required reading. It is. For sure. Yep. Uh, Okay, love you, bye! I love you, bye!